and we're live. I'm joined today by Ushin Farry. Ushin, we were inside. <laughs> He's leading away from the mic here, trying not to laugh his ass off there in the mic. He's such a child. Hilarious. I'm being exceptionally professional right now. <laughs> we were ma- inside making a cup of tea and coffee before we came out here. And uh, I was just telling you that I'd been delayed. A friend of mine, I was chatting on the phone before he came in. He wanted me to, I think, have his kinesiologist on. And we started talking about kinesiology and you mentioned that you'd seen a, was it a documentary or read a book on... I think it was a book, uh, was it? Uh, yeah, we were talking about the, the Ben uh, Goldacre, I think is his name. I forgot the name of the book. Uh, but it was a book about um, science and medicine and the, um, I suppose, just different uh, strange things that go on in the world of medicine. And uh, he mentioned especially, I think there was a chapter on the power of the placebo um, which was uh, I thought was really really interesting, um, and just kind of went into what you were talking there about. Uh, I can't even pronounce that word. What is it? Kinesi- Kinesi- I think it's kinesiology. Kinesiology. I'm, I'm not sure, but the guy that it was uh, who mentioned it to me, he was saying that he's done it and he gets great merit from it. And I would imagine there's obviously a certain amount of that that's uh, placebo related. And I think had you mentioned as part of the article or well, sorry, was it an article or? A, oh, it's a book. A um, book, sorry, a book. Um, I think you had mentioned that, is there a claim in the book that a, a, a large percentage of all medical procedures um, have an element of placebo effect in them? Definitely, even if they're yeah. Even if they're credible medical... Yeah, I think you were saying yourself, you know, if the doctor has a white coat, if there's a, you know, a frame degree or something on the, on the, on the wall, that's going to affect your perception of the whole thing and it's going to uh, uh, hopefully increase... Um, the effectiveness of of whatever it is, and uh, one of the things in, in the Ben Goldacre book was about um, you know how you take whatever medicine, and they were saying you know it, like, sorry in what in what form you take it in, exactly in whatever form you take it. So if you uh, um, uh, take it as a tablet, it's whatever amount pr- uh, effective. But if you get it as an injection, it's you know hugely m- much more effective. And if you get it as as a um, a can't think of the word now. Uh, Oh, um, suppository. suppository, there we go. You get it as a suppository. That's supposed to be number one. That is the, mo- <laughs> the For most you personally? Or? Oh, this, is, oh, this is worldwide, right? If you have to go in and he says, right, okay, we have to give you this medicine. It's a tablet and you take it after your meal or whatever. Um, that could be so effective. But if he tells you, you know, you have to sit down and you have to make sure you don't drink on this, make sure you don't whatever on this. This medicine is, is very, very, you know, it's going to be more effective because of that. And if he tells you you have to insert it rectally, then it's going to be off the scale, hopefully, in, in the terms of effectiveness. Are. Supposedly, it's supposed to be whatever. Uh, uh, forget now the exact numbers, but yeah, uh, of course, a, yeah. a good percentage more effective because of the way you administer it. And nothing else has changed. It's the exact same thing. Um, but uh, it would be more effective depending on how you take it. And it relates back to the kinesiology Yeah, thing I think you nailed it. Because, um, well, I've no, I've absolutely no idea about kinesiology at all. Uh, I suppose I should only speak from my own experience. I was at the physio, I was telling you there, not so long ago. Yeah. And um, I had problems with the back or whatever, and I came out of it uh, just uh, a changed man, much, much, uh, feeling much, much better. Didn't have the back pain at all. Uh, some pains in my legs still, but I felt like, do you know what, it's going to be better. She gave me some stretches, she gave me some whatever. And then I was thinking, you know, how did she just suddenly magically cure me? 
And I think a lot of it was the kind of placebo effect, the kind of even the effect of someone being nice to you for a little while and, you know, lying down and having an expert, you know, putting your your uh, worries and your 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 pains and whatever into the hands of an expert. And they uh, uh, they looking after you. And I'm sure it's the same with. Um, uh, well, I'm sure that I don't know anything about kinesiology, really. Oh, no, there's, there's bound to be... A, Did you do any research on it, too? No, God, no, not not at all. Like, I, I've Googled it in the past, because uh, mm. people have mentioned it to me before. It it, it kind of comes up, it does the rounds. As, as far as I can make out, at least, it's complete, total and utter horseshit. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think it's a protected term, like, or anything... Oh, no, I don't think you need a medical degree to practice it or, exactly. or anything it's of the those, sort. What's the other one for the back? You know, the physios are the are the medical degree. Chiropractor. People. Chiropractor. Yeah. Who you don't you don't need... A complete anything. spurious... A exactly, spurious yeah. You can just entrance. become a, a, a chiropractor. You can just yeah. announce tomorrow that you're a chiropractor. There's Maybe you should announce tomorrow that you're a chiropractor. The founder of chiropractic, quote-unquote, medicine yeah. was a, a certified nut job, I think, like a, a, oh, right. a crazy yeah. person. Yeah. I don't know, it's probably a hundred-odd years old. But um, on the on the placebo end of things, mm. I saw a really interesting documentary years ago now, so I'd be paraphrasing this as usual, but it was on placebo surgery. Oh, right. And there was this... Oh, brilliant. Um, brilliant. Ah, brilliant. You can, you obviously, you can see yeah. where this is going, but there was... Uh, I think he was... A, yeah, he was. He was a, a knee surgeon. I think he was one of the world's leading knee surgeons, and yeah. he'd done, you know, 5,000 knee surgeries. Yeah. And he started to kind of second-guess his own method. Yeah. And what they did was... And this was a study that I think he, he conducted himself, maybe with a couple of other scientists. You know, I don't know the details, but the sentiments is bang on. He booked in you know 100 people for surgery mm. and 50 of them he did the surgery so that cut open the knee or the, the cut open the knee it was a particular type of knee surgery that he performed performed they cut open the knee the you know polished a bone or, or a socket or yeah. whatever it was put you back together again maybe wash it out or whatever it is and then on the other half they brought him into theater they went under they cut them open, like they, they left them with a scar and that, but didn't yeah. do the procedure. Didn't do anything, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think there was any difference between the outcome. I so can imagine, yeah, yeah. Hence the the, the term effect, placebo yeah. uh, surgery. Yeah. But it's just, it's it's the power of the fucking mind, again. Like, yeah. you know, like, I know I, it could be so effective, like, and sometimes you'd, you'd be thinking, like, you sometimes, you know, you might have a cold or, or, or something and you go into the doctor and you'd wish that they would just give you some kind of placebo because half the time it's viral and they can do nothing. It's just a matter of waiting. Do you but know, if you have a bad cold or, you know, you, you think it's the flu or whatever and it's just some kind of virus and it's just going to pass. There's nothing, the doctor can't give you antibiotics. It's not a chest infection or anything like that. The doctor can do nothing and he just ethically, he can do nothing. But he or she should definitely give you just what they call them sugar pills or something, don't they? Well, I you think know, that's what they are. They're just sugar pills, yeah. Literally sugar and just say, you know, this is a suppository. I want you to go home tonight and this, you know, you need to use this medicine and this will make you feel better. And you would wake up the next morning feeling so much better. Yeah. Uh, swearing by this new medicine that's... Uh, but the, the thing is, you don't even have to con your patient because mm. this, one of the crazy things about placebos is placebos work when you know they're a placebo. Is that right? Yeah. You don't have to be told that, you know... Like you put it this way, you can a doctor could say to you, say hypothetically, okay, this is a placebo, it's a sugar pill, okay, it mm. doesn't really do anything, but take one after food, you know, once in the morning, once in the evening, and again, yeah. the more kind of parameters you set, the yeah, more think, effective yeah, yeah, it yeah, becomes. Exactly, the more complicated it is. Yeah, and brilliant. you can double the dosage yeah. and get increased benefits. <laughs> it's <laughs> brilliant. fucking brilliant. It's it's class and. 
there's another guy I've, I've mentioned I mentioned him I think on all the podcasts so far and I'll continue to mention him because he's just a I'm such a fanboy uh, a guy called Jordan Peterson and he referenced a study that was done recently and it, it harks back to this kind of power of the mind mm. uh, type thing and the study that he conducted I don't know if he conducted it or if someone else but so you have a room full of students mm. and you each give them a, a page with a short story and you Set, you split the group into two. So one group you ask them to circle all the words that um, rep, all the words that represent youth. Mm. So let's say speed, agility, you know, words like that. And then the other half of the group you get them to circle older words like maybe slow or tired or, or whatever it is. And then when the examination is finished, you time them to see how long it takes them to get from their seat to the door. And the people <laughs> that fucking circle the youthful words walk faster. Yeah, every time. It's, it's a, fucking yeah. insane. Until you get the noises, uh, the older, or the people who are... The red, groans, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, when they get up out of the chair, yeah, brilliant. Um, but again... It game. shows you the power of the mind as well, and shows you the power of, of you know, that's why there are all these different people that you can go to for various different ailments. You know, you see that angel you know what do they call them the, oh they do tarot readings and they do you know angel shops healers and, and healers people and with cures stuff. or another people, one yeah people with cures yeah exactly and the more complicated the cure the more likely it is to uh, to to work but sure um, I, it's I, all good fun you see that's the thing I, like I I would call bullshit and a lot of that and mm. I've, I've I've said it to a lot of people who would claim to have the cure for for something mm. And they're not slow to tell you to fuck off, basically. Mm. They get quite upset about it. And mm. both the people who claim to have these cures and the people who claim to have been helped by these mm. cures. But my grievance with them is you're, you're giving credence to bullshit. Mm. And if you go to, say, it's a kinesiologist or say it's someone with the cure, it means odds are that you're not going to your medical doctor. And it could be dangerous in that way. It could be yeah. very dangerous. And yeah. if you're only doing it yourself, that's fine. But people bring their kids to get cures for stuff. They do. And it, it's but very rarely do they do that without you know, seeing a doctor as well. I think that's kind of overblown as well. I think the first thing any sensible person would do. I think I used to be like you as well and kind of like, you know, get annoyed with these people and whatever. And then you think like, do you know, if it does help somebody a little bit, even if it's the parent that just feels a little better, you know the whatever they have this virus there's nothing that's but do you not think the that kid we should this, this virus the kid is not going to get better until the virus runs its course it's going to be 10 days but in you know on the eighth or ninth day they say oh, i can't help and they go and they check out uh uh whatever one of these cures or something and it seems to work and they feel better everyone feels better you know kind of win-win what harm like Kind of what harm, and in a lot of these cases, the guys who have the cures, they do honestly believe that they do actually have the cure. If if not in all cases, I exactly. I, I, w- I wouldn't claim. That. I've heard stories of lads, and they'll do decades of the rosary down the phone. Like you ring them at like eleven. Who wants to be doing decades of the rosary down the phone unless <laughs> and they want no money, and it's yeah. just because they reckon they have this cure and they may give it a blast. Anyway, they'll try and see if it helps. Should and, we? Uh, should we as a society not be moving away from those things though? That's an interesting question, yeah. Should well, you're, we you're a should, teacher. But then, and I would have probably agreed with you a couple of years ago, but I think now I'd be like, yeah, we should be moving away, but you can't force people to move away. You can't just, like, outlaw these guys and hunt them down, and then you're going to, you know, Nazi Germany. Uh, no, and I, 
fundamentally, I'm opposed to banning stuff. Mm. Kind I of completely a, go acro- along across the yeah, board. Yeah, like. yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not in favour of banning stuff for, if for no other reason that when you ban things, you you push it underground and, and exactly. things get and kind you of give it a glamour as well. You yes. Can, yeah. yeah. This is banned because you know pharmaceutical companies, etc., etc. Yeah. You know, yeah. That kind of way. But I, I still. I don't know. Again. You're you're a teacher, secondary school teacher. Yeah. So you're in charge of the minds of future generations of Irish people. Uh, I wouldn't say in charge of the minds now, but I would be uh, uh, entrusted with a small bit of time with some of them. Uh, okay. A lot of yeah. time. Uh, a fair amount of time. Okay, a fair amount of time. During a very impressionable period of their lives. Yeah. The most impressionable, you yeah. could argue. Yeah. Do you feel I, any kind of responsibility there? Um, I certainly do. Yeah, I am. Um, I really enjoy the teaching. I absolutely, honestly, 100% enjoy it. I love the... Sorry, i just get you to pull that towards your small Sorry, well, No, you're gone. How's that? Yeah, about. Um, I totally, I really, really enjoy it. I, um, you know, I did a load of different jobs previously. I was a, you know, postman. I worked in a, I worked in a, as a hospital porter and I worked, uh, you know, loaded in the banks and did the office thing, did the 95 thing and... Um, the teaching thing is just, it's amazing, like, to walk in and to have, as you say, all these young minds and, uh, you know, looking at you and looking up to you and looking for some kind of direction and looking for some kind of something. And to be able to uh, try and steer that a little bit is, is uh, it's a lot of fun, like, and I can't believe I get paid to do it. Like, it's it's great fun. I uh, honestly enjoy going into work, you know. Uh, any day of the week Monday morning can be tough but you know you you know um, it's the only job I've ever had where you get up and they go ah do you know what I don't mind yeah I'll go in I'll go in yeah um, are you by yourself with that that mentality in not in your staff room per se but in in general with, with teachers in general Um, I think a lot of them I know I think most teachers would really really enjoy their their job they talk about it in terms of vocations or whatever and you hear lots of people say I could never do that yeah, you know, I, I, I couldn't personally. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't. And um, I think a lot of people do. Like, you see some of the crazy stuff they do. Like, they um, they come in days when they're sick. They come in days uh, when they're not supposed to. Some of the part-time teachers, like, they'd come in on a Friday when they're not getting paid to come in. But they still come in. And they'll, uh, you know, routinely pay for their... Uh, students to go on different trips because whatever they don't have the money or whatever it is they'll uh you know they say it's the only profession in the world where you steal stationery from home and bring it <laughs> into work as opposed to the other way around like uh my wife would be saying uh, where's our good stapler gone like oh i don't, I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah we used it for whatever some display in school because we didn't have the money in school oh, i bought loads of nice paper oh where's that gone? yeah that's in school as well and are, are the schools um, underfunded, would you say? Um, Again, generally, I don't mean to pin you down to generally, your own particular yeah. Oh, school. yeah, no, generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, the, the, the cutbacks in the last couple of years have been particularly savage, and what they're doing to newly qualified teachers at the moment is outrageous. Like. And what is that? Are you comfortable speaking about that? Like, or uh, I probably, I, you know, I probably shouldn't talk too much about it, but um, the newly qualified teachers aren't basically on the same pay scale as uh, people who were employed as teachers before whatever year it is, uh, must be 2012 or 13. So basically what the unions did was they had a big, uh, you know, during the recession or whatever, they had a big discussion and they basically sold future generations of teachers. They sold them out, basically. The, the unions did? Yeah. To yeah. what end? 
uh, they said the current teachers' uh, salaries would be um, kept as uh, or frozen at what what they were. Yeah. But future teachers coming in would we'll start in a lower uh, pay scale. My understanding. So I can be teaching with someone who I am teaching. This is what I shouldn't be probably talking about. <laughs> uh, there are teachers out there per se that are um, they're teaching with people who are not on, on the same uh, pay scale, which is an unacceptable way to to be. Like you wouldn't have it in any other kind of doing the same job but getting less money. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's outrageous. Really. Forgive my ignorance, but my understanding of, of unions generally, not that I know a whole pile about them at all, but they're for the workers, surely. I mean, it just it doesn't. It sounds counterintuitive that a union would agree to something that didn't benefit the, the workers. Or, or am see, I missing something? I or? don't know. I think it's all, It kind of happens that way when there's a popular vote, when there's a, some kind of democracy involved. What suits most people? And at that moment. In whatever year it was, 2009, 10, 11, I'm not exactly sure what year it was, but when they sat around to see what can they do, they got for their members um, a pay freeze right. at that level. And everyone was delighted with that. Well, everyone who was... An who established had a vote, teacher. Uh, of course, yeah, was, yeah. was happy to go along and they voted to accept. And uh, so future teachers... Uh, didn't get the same, but they were future teachers. They didn't even exist at that time. So yeah, of course, yeah. They didn't have a voice. They didn't have a vote. So fuck them. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That seems to me what happened. Now I'm I'm not a uh, I wasn't involved in any of those discussions. <laughs> I that was my impression of it, and I should definitely uh, state that that uh, uh, I don't know. But uh, personally, I I I you know I'm teaching because I love teaching, and because I get three months off in the summer. Nice. Uh, which is really, really important. And, and you only amazing. work nine to four or something? Would well, like there's that break. kind of thing. No, well, you know, people say, oh, it's nine to four or whatever, but there are, you know, you have to do corrections and you can't just rock into a classroom and say, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> do you know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You need, that's the class contact hours. I do 21 hours class contact every week. Okay, um, and the, you're expected to do, like, as a, as a teacher, and again, generally, you're expected to do, is it 40? Like, that's the kind of standard yeah, working be, week. Yeah, you'd be aiming for 40, yeah. So if you're in class 21, there's 19 that you need to At be At least doing. they say for every hour class you have, you should be doing two hours, an hour preparation, an hour kind of maybe looking at stuff. Now, I'm not saying I'd do that the whole time, but I would definitely do a hell of a lot more than, substantially more than the 21 class contact hours. Yes, yes. Definitely. 100% easy, like, without, you know... You know, trying to mark, you know, you can imagine yourself a lot of sixth year uh, English essays or whatever. Do you know, it takes it takes time to give them the attention they, they want. And even, you know, you have to go in tomorrow and you're teaching Macbeth. Like, you have to know what's going on and what what you're going to do and what you're all about. So. Oh, yeah, no, I understand. But, so, um, yeah. It's, yeah, I really enjoy it and I think it's amazing. And it's something that I'd be really, really passionate about, the, the teaching. I, I love going in there and just kind of trying to... Uh, share my passion for for whatever English literature or whatever it is or history or whatever it is and uh, yeah and what are your passions generally you mentioned again just before we started recording that you do a bit of brewing um yeah I don't know uh, passions um I what are my passions that's a great question well you do You're tell me about, about the brewing yeah. you were telling me about craft beers. Yeah, okay. Before I've got there was a such a passions, thing as a, yeah. a craft beer. Uh, I've, uh, I suppose family number one. I have to say that. <laughs> Get it out of the way. <laughs> I know. The, the family is amazing. Like, I love all that. Like, the three months off, you know, 
uh, my wife's a teacher as well, and both of us have three months off. And there's not many people who get the, you know, mum and dad home with kids for three months, and uh, it's amazing. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, so that's probably number one. Um, other passions. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a bit of a dig out here because, right. just on the off chance that something popped up, which it did. Yeah. I googled your name before you came here. And I God. saw you holding what was, to my eyes, at least a fifteen-pound pike. Oh yeah, okay. There's a there's a, a passion. <laughs> okay, yeah, fishing. I love fishing. Uh, I love fishing. Uh, other passions. Um, brewing. Okay, brewing beer. Um, I enjoy that. I enjoy baking bread. Weirdly, I'm totally obsessed a, with baking bread. Is there a worldwide uh, resurgence in kind of baking bread and particularly kind of men? baking bread is I that a thing no i love it there's something about uh, i think the beer and the fishing and the the bread that connects them all and i think it's this idea of like kind of solving a problem because like i go to the first time you know try to cook bread it says okay whatever you know need it prove it put it in the oven yeah do that and it doesn't work <laughs> just like fishing you go out you say oh what do you do you get a float put a hook and it throw it in there you can stand there for the day you don't catch fish uh, the exact same thing with brewing beer, like you, whatever, put the stuff in. It doesn't taste like what you want. So you're constantly then trying to solve all these weird problems and you're trying to uh, figure out what variables are going in here and what, uh, no more than yourself, I'd say, uh, uh, you know. With my business. Exactly, with your own business. Um, uh, trying to discover what variables are affecting what different thing and how can I, how can I you know, uh, um, create some kind of atmosphere that will, uh, you know, sort this out. And maybe, do I need to do more kneading or less kneading, or do I need a different bait on my hook, or do I need different hops, or do, do you know? So all those different problem solving things, and then, you know, you have to build different kind of, you know, they're hobbies, I suppose, isn't it? They're but they keep the they keep the brain motor exactly. Along. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think people are missing that. Do you? I, I've often thought that the people people really miss out on that. People, especially, I suppose, who don't have have hobbies, or let's say if if their hobby is, you know, watching sport or watching mm. movies or, or, or doing very kind of passive things, they, yeah, they miss yeah. out on the the kind of cognitive functions in baking. Because baking is chemistry, really, isn't it? Or yeah, is it? it's, it's mad chemistry. I, I think of it more as, as kind of religion or poetry or something like that, or singing or something. something. Ama- I like those kind of metaphors, you know. Where you're you you're going to have to expand on that one now. Where you get the kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the randomness, you know, the kind of the religion, the... You know, the way that not everything can be totally explained. Like, I have the right amount of yeast in it, and it was, you know, it was uh, needed for long enough. And But for some reason, it's just, there's something lacking. What's missing? What's the magic ingredient? Um, Is that not, like, insanely frustrating, though? Uh, yeah, it can be, especially for, you know, the people who have to eat all these failed, <laughs> horrible uh, loaves of bread. Yeah, um, but... Uh, I just give the the leftover bread to the hens now, so it's. it's you have chickens. Yeah, we have hens. Yeah. We How have, many? Uh, we've only three. Um, we went through various different amounts of of hens and foxes. Usually come and clear them out every now and again, and then they get reborn with upgraded security every time. And <laughs> the foxes outsmart you. Uh, yes, eventually. Yeah, he always wins. Yeah, I kind of gave up on the security thing there recently because I saw a fox, um, in broad daylight, um, near at boy. And he jumped over, uh, there was like a, it must have been a 12 foot ditch. No way. And he jumped over from a standing jump. And he must have got at least four or five foot in the air. He was just standing there in the road. He saw me coming in the car, stared at me for a little while. And then just leaped from a standing start over the thing. I was like, oh my God. In daylight? In daylight. I was like, no matter what I do to try and keep this guy out, 
he's getting through because he's a beast. That's yeah, insane. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd never see them. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a fox during the day. Have you not? No. You'd hear them right here, I guess, would you? No, not at all. No. What would they even sound like? Maybe I do I hear them. them. I'd say you do. Um, vixens. You hear the vixens screaming and they sound exactly like a, a, a girl. Yeah, Scream. no, I, I have heard that over the years at night. Yeah, but very, again, very frightening. you know, once or twice over oh, around decades. Us, like, we live beside forests, so there's there are f- there foxes, forest creatures, um, forest dwelling I guess creatures. They are, yeah. They need cover, don't they? They don't want yeah, open fields and things. Yeah, they they need cover. I guess. So <laughs> I have no idea. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> but I guess they need cover. Yeah, don't they need to dig a little hole and do all that kind of stuff? So. Yeah. You can't really do that in a field of spuds, maybe, or if there's cattle around and there's there's no cover, I suppose. Maybe that's a theory. Yeah, I don't know because it was only a couple of months ago. You need to I get a fox on this, and we'll we'll grill him. I very nearly did have a fox in this room. Oh, a dead one now. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, no, there's a. I ever you've hardly ever seen a pine marten, have you? Or have you ever heard oh, of one? Heard of? Oh, I think. Um, I did you post something on Facebook about? Yeah. yeah. Um, was it fuck? Was it this year? Was it the start of this year? And they're very rare. I think they're endangered. Exceptionally rare. Yeah. I think there's something only like uh, is it three thousand? Um, the estimate is about three thousand mating pairs in the whole country, or, or mm. something like that. But right. I found two. I found another one since. Another He's one actually since? in my freezer down the road. I intend to get him stuffed and mounted. You're joking me. Yeah. Where did um, you find them? Again, on the road. Oh my God. Uh, driving along. What the fuck was that? I, the first one I found, I thought it was a monkey. That's what it looked like. It yeah. looked like a it looked like a monkey. Um, and then stuck the post up on Facebook, and I had the, the comments were actually hilarious, but turns out that it was I a, think I saw some of those comments, yeah, they were very funny. Yeah. yeah, it was, in fact, a Pine Martin. And I contacted, because I, I didn't know, because once I found out how rare it was, I kind of... I googled it obviously, and I, I. Was there an obvious sign of its uh, cause of death? Was it like squashed? Was it? No, it wasn't was squashed. It... No, um, but it was on the road. It was on the road. It was obviously killed. So he'd be... by, hit by something yeah. like. But yeah. aside from that, like there was no, it wasn't torn in two, or there was no big tire thread or anything no. through. <laughs> but I kind of felt my civic duty was to kind of report it to a degree when mm. I realised how rare it was, um, and the numbers have. There's been a bit of a resurgence recently. Um, but there's a cool thing I can't fucking for the life of me think of the name of the website but it's a place where if you spot say a, a white fox or something mm. you know unusual you can actually go on to uh, uh, a website it, like it's a database and put, basically drop a google pin and say where you saw oh, what very nice, yeah. so, and you can do that for anything it doesn't have to be rare so let's say if you've seen a fox you, every time you see a fox, say, you could go on and plot it down. Oh, very good. And that gets fed into a database and just gives the Irish scientists and, I suppose, worldwide scientists an idea of what kind of populations are where that and is lovely, what's yeah. doing well and what's not. And I love that kind of citizen yeah. scientist type thing. Like, yeah. um, There's a really interesting kind of... Um, uh, in the 1930s, I think in 1932, they did a, uh, an oral folk uh, history uh, information gathering... Uh, thing in Ireland they went around they basically interviewed a load of school kids and they asked them in every single county in Ireland and they asked them for some stories from their lo- locality about different things and uh, uh, recently they've been digitising all that stuff right so you can now you know it's becoming searchable and it's uh, you know when this stuff goes online it's gold because then you can sorry you can uh, uh, search through it or whatever but we were reading one about uh, where near where we live and there was uh, somebody talking about a uh, uh, a badger cat 
that they had heard. They had heard of this mysterious animal that was roaming the, the forest near where they lived, and it was uh, kind of half badger, half cat. They called it Badger Cat. <laughs> Brilliant, like. And uh, just thinking back on it now, it has to be in a pine martin, like. Badger Cat kind of sounds... Yeah, yeah. Close to, to that kind of Maybe, thing. Maybe, yeah. But those records are, are brilliant. I'd urge you to have a look at those. They're, they're very, very interesting. You know what kids were thinking about in 1930 and uh, what was Oh, fuck, this was in 1930. Sorry, I missed the, the, the time yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 19, was it 1932? I think it was 1932 where they went around and they collected all this stuff. Um, yeah, it's searchable by location. So you could probably search for um, around here or... Um, by county anyway and by keyword by topic uh, so it's mad like I looked up fishing to see what guys were, were what techniques and tips they had for fishing in the 1930s and they're very very and what's the can you can you think of the, the website or how would what Google to find it uh, what would you Google um, oral folk history Ireland something like right, that something like that find um, it I think that's it yeah it'll one, come to me now later I'm sure one thing that didn't come up when I googled your name was your experience on the roadside with was it your first or second born or third oh second born that's a good story that one that's very very good well i wasn't not bringing up you delivering your fucking child on the side of the road yeah wasn't it wasn't on the side of the road now oh, wasn't it? no thankfully it was at home jeez i don't know what i do inside the road man <laughs> you hear you hear some of that stuff that was awful yeah friend of roots uh did the same thing yeah, the ro- yeah. same thing i i i just clarify i did not <laughs> uh uh, what happened with us was, uh, um, um, I think I can tell the story. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice story. Anyway, um, so we were expecting our second, and our first had taken a, a, a long time to be born. I think it must have been thirty six hours or something. So we were saying, right, okay, we're not going to rush into the hospital. It's not going to be like last time. This is going to be on our terms. We're going to relax, and it's going to be all good. So uh, anyway, she wakes me up in the middle of the night, saying, yeah, I think. I think uh, things are starting. Will you? Do you mind going and run me a bath? I say, yeah, no problem. Brilliant. Go time. Right. Kind of digging in for the long, you know, the 36 hours or whatever. So jump out, run the bath. Kind of thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll go down, maybe just boil the kettle now. I'll have a cup of tea for herself, myself now. And, and uh, anyway, the bath is uh, the bath is run. Everything's ready. So I go in and say, right, okay, the, the bath is ready. And she's looking a bit distracted. And I'm like, are you okay? Do you need some help or whatever? And she's like, uh, I think you have to check. And I was like, check what? Do you mean like the, the temperature of the water or something? And she's like, no, you have to check. <laughs> I remember going, oh. And I remember checking and then seeing like that baby was coming right now. And uh, there, was a, there was just a hilarious moment when I just, I remember I walked over to the window and I noted that the window was big enough to if I opened the the handle and pushed it out, I could easily just step out the window and just leg it off down the road and be gone <laughs> and come back in an hour or so, and that would have hopefully resolved the situation. And for one second, I definitely I, I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. I was like, oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'd be killed, uh, rightly. Uh, and whatever, I went back then, and uh, so we rang the ambulance and whatever, and they were very good on on nine nine nine. They were they were brilliant. They. Uh, Helped us through. We got a copy of the, of the phone conversation. We got a recording of the of the conversation, the nine 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 call, and it's uh, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. You can hear like the the terror and the fear in my voice at the start, and you can hear that kind of uh, dissolve then later on when 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 uh, uh, when he's born and everything is fine and uh, all is good. 
Um, Did you... Have, really, really nice. Yeah. Am I remembering this correctly, saying you had trouble getting the recording? We had huge trouble getting the recording, What yeah. was that all about? Well, I suppose it's an unusual thing. Like, I just... I, was, I didn't ring 999 saying, here, I want the... But I rang, I whatever, Googled where they were based. I think they were based in Navin. Yeah, I think so, yeah. The headquarters the idea, of the 999 yeah. people, yeah. And uh, whatever, um, uh, was talking to them and... Uh, they were very cagey and obviously they don't they didn't want to give out the recording and uh I was just inquiring did they have it first and they were do you know, I'd say they were worried about being liable or something or something something happening and then being liable and they didn't want to and so they asked me to write in a letter, so I wrote in the letter and then uh they wanted to charge me fees and they wanted to do this and to do that. But then eventually I got talking to them again then a second time after that and do you know, it was one of those things when a human talks to another human. And yeah. he was like, oh, that's grand. Oh, my God, it's a beautiful story. Here, I'll print that off now. Here, there, it's emailed there. Good luck. Enjoy that now. You're, you know, brilliant. And it was uh, amazing to hear it. How long but, was uh, it? Just as a matter like, cause that, that phone give, call. Well, yeah, because that would give, some, give me some about, idea of how long the whole th- process was. I think it was about 40 minutes. Fuck, right. And that's, a baby was born within five. Okay. First five baby was born. Um, they, that was just them waiting on the ambulance and I don't even think the, the ambulance was about maybe 20-25 minutes if I remember correctly and if baby was born five presumably there's you know you know a clean up or a few checks to make in, in the subsequent ten. Oh, there are you know there's uh, uh, there's the exciting version of the story that I tell uh, which I had to go down and uh, one was like uh, you need a you need a serrated blade and you need uh, you need some kind of clamp or something, a vice grip, something like that. So I went down and got the vice grips and the... A vice? What the fuck would you do with a vice grip? The vice grips and a, and, a, and a serrated blade and, you know, boil the kettle, sterilise the both of them. You know, the cord had to be cut. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I had to go in and clamp the cord with the vice grips. Oh, and, fuck, right. And saw through it slowly. <laughs> That's the exciting version of the story. It is not, unfortunately, the, the, the what actually happened. It's a, it's a complete exaggeration. No, nothing nothing like that happened. We just had to, you know, wrap baby up and wait for ambulance. And then they came and they uh, they did the business then. All was good. <laughs> the other story is much better. Like, And you can exaggerate it loads and loads and loads and have all kinds of uh, uh, interesting things going on. But... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice story. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, um, do you know it was a really nice experience. I remember it just shows you. Do you know you get that kind of the adrenaline rush, and do you know you I had to whatever. It's amazing. You know the places that your brain will go to when you're in a serious crisis situation. And, yeah, and what you're capable of doing, and what you know. I would have said no way would I be able to do anything like that. You know, help or even just be in the same room would be difficult. Yeah, but. You know, when up against it, you know, you've got the window, you can jump or you can just turn around and <laughs> and when you turn around, you know, it's just, uh, it was uh, good, clean fun, I suppose, yeah. I wonder, is it to do with the fact that you're, you kind of, with your job, your brain is engaged, you're thinking all the time, you're correcting papers, you know, you do your bit of brewing, you do your, your fishing, mm. you do all, you do all these different things. So you're, you've a fit mindset. Whereas, mm. whereas a lot of people, you know, go running and go to the gym and play sports and they, they might have, let's say, fit bodies. But And a lot of people... Are you trying to suggest I have not got a fit body? No, no, no. Do you want me to take this t-shirt off here and now? Because <laughs> I will. But, like, it's, 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 there's nothing unusual with somebody spending 30, 40, 50, 60 quid a month on their physical fitness. Mm-hmm. But you tell somebody that you're spending that kind of money on your mental fitness 
and people assume that you you're spending it on you know medication because you're insane yeah. or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Like, pe- people will go yeah. for that leap instantly. Like yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. And I think there's far more kind of mental health issues probably than there are physical, physical issues as such. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know. Just thinking out loud. Mm. But um, I wonder would other people who mightn't have had that kind of who mightn't do those mental exercises that you do would they have jumped out the window or would they have frozen or would they have not been able to do because pe- people do freeze like people do they climb do up freeze. and shit that's themselves a, yeah. you know um, but I think that's a kind of, no I think that's a natural kind of human thing to do I think there's very few people who would have jumped out the window I think there's probably very few people who would have thought about jumping out the window most <laughs> people I think most people wouldn't have that wouldn't have been an option surely you know I think that was a bit of a cold thing for, for me to have done to kind of a very natural thing to think though surely and I just remember looking I do remember looking at the window and it's one of those do you know like uh, it's not the tiny little part up the top that you might just use to let a bit of air in it's the do you know almost like a door thing and you're looking <laughs> at it going I could just step out that window like um but ah uh, oh, no, I think it's just a, it's a it's a natural it's a natural thing, isn't it? Humans, uh, as a rule, are I think they're incredible things, and they they do amazing things for each other and selfless things and beautiful things. And uh, no, I, I, absolutely, you're reminding me of um, Storm Ophelia that I was about to say hit us. It didn't really hit this neck of the woods. No. On you. I don't know if there was any damage on your direction, but um, a couple of people have mentioned to me since that. They were inside, you know, the all the windows and doors were shut, the wheelie mm. bins were in the shed, or they'd, they'd done, mm. you know, they brought in the potted plants and whatever, and they yeah. kind of battened down the hatches as such. And a couple of people have said to me independently that they, you know, kind of wanted something bad did, to happen. Yeah, and yeah, everyone did. I yeah, think they kind of, so, yeah. they kind of, cra- I think what they're craving there is what you had, that, you know, that call moment. to action, that yeah. fucking right, let's fucking yeah. do this, like. Yeah, so that's the reason, like, we were watching the uh, the American hurricane, or we call it the American hurricane, it's ridiculous, like, it absolutely annihilated loads of these, uh, uh, what was the name of that hurricane? Oh, it was, rec- it was this year, it must have been... Um, the one that went through the Caribbean and into it Texas. It annihilated Cuba. Absolutely annihilated Cuba. I can't think of it today, it's, but that, that, that hurricane... And it was anyway. coming towards Florida, and uh, it was only hitting our media when it was approaching... Florida and they had they had those American newsmen standing there and on in Miami like uh, looking out getting ready and again it was petered out to high winds but they were kind of like um they were upset that they didn't get more kind of excitement out of it I think there was loads of people killed in in Cuba and uh, there was another island really badly hit I um, didn't even make the media like of course because it wasn't America but uh, same kind of thing they had twenty four hour news co- coverage from America. Uh, you know, ready for getting, you know, and the news anchors standing out there on the beach saying, everyone must be indoors, get indoors right now. It's okay for me because I'm, you know, news media. <laughs> but you guys get inside now and the storm is coming and we're on Stormwatch and over here, it's, you know, no other news at all. What's Donald Trump doing? Oh, don't care. What's whatever. No, there's, there's a storm coming. Yeah, but um, if it bleeds, it leads. Do you know that kind of way? Like if, yeah. if you can... If you can sell people, that's what they danger. were looking for. I think they wanted. They they really want. You could sense the disappointment. You know, oh, the media come back to the studio saying it's petering out. What? What? <laughs> Check again, damn it! <laughs> you're you're breaking up. Maybe the wind has blown out exactly, all our yeah. you know instruments. Yeah, the storm actually, the storm of Fiji did actually hit us. Well, hit us pretty bad. We had maybe a a twenty minute period where we were going, oh my god, what the hell is happening here? We thought it was going to kick <laughs> off. First thing that happened was. Uh, 
um, a tree came down across our lane, just down the road from our house a little bit. We kind of saw it. And then we heard about the third person, no, the second person uh, dying. Do you remember there were three people killed? Like, yeah, yeah. Severe, like. And we heard about the second person dying. Then the electricity went out and then the phone reception went out and our water was gone because we had no electricity and then a tree went down on the other side of the house so i was kind of going out like i know you probably shouldn't go out or whatever but i was going out looking down one side of the road totally blocked by an enormous tree looked down the other side of the road totally blocked by an enormous tree no (laughs) electricity no water no phone signal don't know what's going on i just heard about someone dying and we were like oh my god this is yeah, all, be. all you needed was for the TV signals to go now and you would have been... We had no electricity. Oh, we fuck you, no electricity, shit. Absolutely And no nothing. phone reception, the kids so were you're gassed. just there. The kids were gassed. The TV goes off. They're like, oh, no, oh, it's okay. We're going to play the Xbox. <laughs> oh, no, we can't play. We just watch a DVD. Oh, no. <laughs> it's brilliant crack. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of... Uh, well, it only lasted for, whatever, 20 minutes and then the electricity came back for a little bit and uh, the guys in Ireland were out with the, with the chainsaws, a farmer and... Uh, couple of farmers were out with chainsaws straight away in the middle of the storm trying to yeah cut these things out and they managed to clear the roads within probably an hour or two and again i think what the those people i think really benefit from that from being able to from being in a position to, mm. to being able to go out and you know chainsaw up a tree or you mm. know drive a tractor and push something off the road yeah i think that's they, what people they really craved. loved it they really loved it yeah they enjoyed it i was kind of like going out going what are you doing like what like there was a guy killed doing exactly what you're doing like yeah. Another branch or could come down in your head right now. Yeah. Just leave it for a But there was thousands and thousands and thousands of people out doing exactly that probably all across yeah. the country. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I, do you think we're missing strife like that in our life? Because we have it way easier than any mm. generation has ever had it. We totally do, yeah. Like and there's I think there's a case to be made there, or well, it is being made that that's the reason we we have a lot of anxiety issues and a lot of, I suppose, mental, what would be called mental health issues is because, I suppose, we, in a way, we have it too easy. Mm. In a kind of way, we have too much time to, to ruminate and we we don't, we're not involved, we don't have the community spirit that we once had, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's an interesting one, like. Mm. Yeah, I think it's definitely changing. I'd be kind of uh, uh, maybe a bit reticent to use you know that kind of nostalgic thing you know everything was brilliant back then do you know that kind of attitude but it's not, it's not that it's we're it's losing things and i think things are definitely changing yeah some for the better and some obviously not for the better um but all in all in all i'd be kind of positive about most of the changes oh no as would i but i'm not saying that it think things were better what i'm saying is things were worse mm but because they were worse, oh, I see what you we mean. were yeah. better we were. as a result of it. Right. So you, because, I know, because, let's say, if, again, just thinking off the top of my head, if, if you had to walk so many miles to get fucking water or whatever, mm. you wouldn't be, you know, pissed off that the the ice crushing machine part of your American fridge freezer exactly, wasn't working. Yeah, yeah, okay, but pe- yeah, people yeah. get upset about things like that these yeah. days. That, that, that could ruin someone's day. Yeah, those first <laughs> world problems. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. People, people say that it is a, it is an issue that we have a kind of too easy. Um, and we're, I think, due to get it a lot easier if AI or AGI turns out to be what it is. Have you followed that at all? 
No. Artfer- artificial intelligence. Oh, no, 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 so much was, then, no. The fear with artificial intelligence is that it will make a lot of jobs redundant, say. Yeah. So I think driver is the biggest category of... Yeah, like those Google cars or the... What do you call them? The... the Teslas, is it? Or yeah, the I'm sure driverless. Are. Yeah, the Driverless cars, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Google that are making them, isn't it? Yeah, Tesla are, are, Google are, are experimenting with pretty much everything. They're, yeah, they're of that yeah. kind of size. But I think the fear that is that as technology kind of increases and more of these jobs disappear, that what we're going to be left with is a, a massive unemployment problem, mm-hmm. which brings into, I don't know if you've ever heard of universal basic income, that concept. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a, that's a great yeah, it's, theory. It's, I think yeah, I think so, and I think they're trialing it in a couple of different places. Switzerland or somewhere, I think. Isn't Probably. <laughs> Everything give it, give it to the fucking Swiss, like. Yeah, yeah. But I think the, what brought me to that is, if you don't even have to go out and earn a living, you've even less things to kind of worry about. And mm. there's a, I think there's a massive problem there with what are people going to do? What are we going to entertain ourselves with? What are you going to do with your day if you're getting, you know? 30 or 40 grand a year mm. from the government because there literally isn't enough things for you to do. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. It's mad, isn't it, when you think about that, everyone getting 30 or 40 grand straight off the straight off the bat. Um, are you political at all? Like, would you consider yourself, you know, socialist or capitalist or... I used to be. No more than... Um, I probably... You know, I used to be very kind of uh, definitely very left leaning, and I still probably would be quite left leaning. Totally disillusioned with politics in Ireland, anyway. And would you have followed it? Because I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I probably still would follow it. To what bit. degree? Like, I mean, how how into it would you be? Like, I, I'm not at all. I wouldn't. I could barely tell you who the fucking Taoiseach is. Being perfectly yeah. honest with you, I'd be a little bit kind of, in, especially from a historical point of view. I suppose I'm a history teacher as well, and I would. Uh, Definitely, I'd, I suppose I'd be up in my political history, definitely, and uh, I would follow uh, politics, I suppose, a good bit. On the, politi- on the political history, because I've only gotten into World War Two recently, uh, there's a great... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing, just the way you phrase that, I've, Sorry, only gotten yeah. into it. I've only gotten involved recently. No, 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 but, uh, I, I'm on a bit of a history buzz, but it's only, Brilliant, yeah, it's only yeah, a couple class. of months, like. Brilliant, yeah. Um, and what started me on it was... I start. I I I did this thing. I started taking notes of. Uh, I'd be a big note taker, just kind of generally. But I started taking notes on things that I kind of. I thought I knew well, to almost almost create a little, almost like a little book for myself. Mm. The idea being that if I picked a topic and wrote the heading at the top and started writing what I knew about it, you're you're very quick to know how much you do or how don't you know about something. Know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I wrote World War Two on the top of a page, and underneath it was followed by. Hitler was the leader of the Nazi party. Nice. In Germany. Good. France surrendered. <laughs> Brilliant. America yeah. dropped yeah. A, an atomic bomb on Japan and I was fucking fast running out yeah. of things yeah. about World War Two. Like and yeah. I was like, Holy fuck, like I don't know shit about mm. anything in relation to this. Mm. And watched a couple of documentaries since and have brushed up my knowledge mm. on it, thankfully. Like Brilliant. but it's given me a much better understanding of I suppose the world we live in today. I think so. Yeah, I think that's the that's why I enjoy history anyway. It's because imperative, like because they say you know um, uh, it's about people, the students in school that always say, oh, why do we have to study this or whatever. Uh, one of the reasons I give them is because you know you're learning about history so you can predict your future, so you can see what's going to happen, mm. so you can look into the future that way. But a lot of them would say things like, you know, they'd give me that argument about um, 
sure why do I have to know that date or this whatever I sure I can just google that if I want to they kind of they kind of have a point that way um, and the way I'd see it would be not learning about facts and dates and whatever but more about like uh, understanding the processes that happened and why these different things happened instead of and trying to understand them instead of just learning oh whatever World War Two ended in 1945 or yeah. whatever it was you know dates or names or but um, I don't know. Uh, that's a hard one. I do enjoy history anyway, definitely. Um, the, um, you know, they talk about history repeating itself, some, and it totally does so much. Like, you can see parallels in stuff that's going on today and, and all over the place in different... Oh, what's that cliche? The only thing we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or what's the other one with those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, of course. Another, yeah. And you, as a history teacher, then, if you if you could, you know, wave your magic wand and embody a certain piece of either Irish or world historical knowledge on them, what would it be? Or can you like, is there is there something that you wish more people knew more about? Like a uh, an event or a topic or something. Um, yes, like I think World War Two is a really really important one. Like if it just. Because it's so important in shaping our world today, and like the stuff that happened there, you couldn't make it up. Like just insane stuff, and it happened. Like you know that the Holocaust and stuff like that. That's uh, unbelievable. Like us today, uh, like the, you know the organized slaughter of millions of people. Like how could we humans did that? And you can just yeah. say, oh the Nazis or whatever, and you can demonize them or whatever. They're bad guys. They were humans. They were you know me and you, like me and you, me uh, probably and our you. age. You know. Same educational background, same kind of everything, and they did it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, do you know, I think it kind of makes you look at your own kind of um, lifestyle and the stuff that's going on in our own country today, like the way we treat uh, some minorities, I don't know, older people sometimes, um, travellers, uh, immigrants, do you know... Okay, I don't think we're anywhere on on no, and of course on we're another 1930s yeah. kind of a Germany 1930s kind of a scale, but there's definitely scope for improvement. Is what I mean, even children as well. Like I think the the most important thing women like yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think one of the most important things about understanding something like World War Two and the Holocaust is. I suppose how recent it is. Exactly, that's, that's the, the scary thing. That's like, that, to me, that's the scariest thing. It's within living memory. There are people yeah. alive who were on, you know, on, on both sides and yeah, on victims and perpetrators yeah, alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's not as if, oh yeah, that was back so far that we were, mm. you know, we, we've evolved past that in some sense. Like we're yeah. we're carbon copies of the people who did it at the time. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody mentioned to me. I think they were in. Um, I hope I'm not repeating myself now for saying this, but there was somebody asked me when was the famine mm. in Ireland, and I was like fuck, and I was on me bit of a history buzz, and usually when somebody had asked me a question like that that I didn't know, I just say I you know I I I say I don't know, tell me, mm. but I I said no fuck it, I I pin myself to a date, so there's a better chance that I'll remember if I if I'm That's out good, by yeah. that much. I yeah, highly yeah. recommend it. It's a great job. That's a nice technique. Yeah, mm. yeah I like it. Yeah. So. The answer I gave was, I don't know, fucking 15th, 16th century or something. Really? Yeah. And oh. I'm by no means by myself in that. Yeah. And then I found out that it was, it's there, it's give or take about 100 years before World War Two, So mm. 1840 to 1845, yeah. there, thereabouts. I always remember, like, 1945, Second World War ended, 1845, they talk about Black 45, don't they? The, the worst year of the famine. Really? Uh, that's uh, that's were, new yeah, to me. Like... 
off and mad stuff. And that's not, that's not that long ago. Like, fucking no time ago. Like, you're... Mad, and to think, like, the, the state of the country, and to think, like, what we've achieved since then. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable to think that we could be sitting here and, you know, the internet doing all this kind of mad internet podcasting magic all over the place. It, it's an, like the likes of this, uh, I haven't promoted it at all. I've literally just shared it on mm. the podcast. It's been listened to over 500 times in three weeks in 12 countries, not That's including amazing. Ireland. That's amazing. So if, if you're out there in Buenos Aires, hi. <laughs> uh, whereas there, there Canada, uh, France... Someone in the Isle of Wight, hello to you, one person. Um, ah, come I, on, would he not get his mates on, onto it? Yeah, I don't know, what's, what's the story, What's lads? the story of the Isle of Wight? There's a clatter <laughs> of lads out in uh, Australia listening to it, it's listening to it in the States. Cool. And, but again, you know, a wet week ago was Black 45 or whatever the fuck it was called, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's mad to think how far someone can go, how far a country can go in such a short space of time, mm. which would leave you relatively hopeful for the likes of the Middle East or Sub-Saharan Africa or, you know, places in the world that... That's right. Those places have, you know, have undergone huge, huge changes and they've swung from all kinds of, you know, totally mad different states of being uh, to what they are now. And, and as you say, hopefully uh, um, they'll improve and all that. But with a better understanding of history, I think, you, as you said, you better understand now. So when you see what ISIS are doing now... I know myself, I would have kind of seen them as being, you know, barbaric and, you know, prehistoric and, you know, whatever else. But when you realise the time scale of what happened in Ireland and what happened in, in other in other countries, mm. they don't seem almost as barbaric in, in a sense. Now, obviously, you know, chopping fucking people's heads off and that is, is barbaric and will always be barbaric. But in human history, like here's a fucking, here's an interesting one for you. Now, you probably, you might know this being a history teacher but would you guess when the last guillotining in france was guillotining yeah so condemned to death big fucking diagonal blade down offered your head well you're only asking me because it's a it's a strange one isn't it It must be incredibly modern it must it can't be 20th century even oh god what is it it's going to be uh maybe they brought it back in after the second world war for collaborators that now i don't know i i no, some, somebody couldn't. asked me this because they i've couldn't. repeated this and no i don't i'm pretty sure I, they, I, yeah they i doubt shot it, loads yeah. of people but they massacred loads of people you know and scores were settled as well so much as collaborators and not collaborators but um sorry to answer your question i haven't got a clue i'm gonna guess go for it give us your guess uh, you're a history teacher uh, <laughs> uh, 18s it has to be really it must be really there. okay 1875 you're off by two years. Oh, sorry, sorry, a hundred and two years. Oh, I won't take that. The same year Star Wars came out. It could be Nin- what, an actual nineteen seventy-seven. No, I can't go along with that. That I can't believe it. No nineteen seventy-seven. Homosexuality was illegal in Ireland in nineteen eighty-four. That's true. Um, like when you start, you know, when you get a better understanding of the different things, and you're like, fucking Jesus Christ, go what back kind to of the crazy? Though. Yeah, yeah. What happened there? I don't know. Some dude got guillotined in 1975. 1977. 77. I think it was 1977, yeah. Oh yeah, God. the last guillotine in France. Now, so you touched on it there briefly, and somebody has said it to me, oh, you know, when was the second last? You know, was that in yeah, 18 yeah, yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And maybe it was, I genuinely don't know. But there was definitely one in 1977. That's mad. Um, 
and there's a couple of other real we'll have to look into that one now and find out what was going on there well it's fucking off the lead and on the record <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a couple of other kind of trivia history things that I heard recently what the fuck were they um you know Cleopatra mm-hmm. from ancient Egypt I think she was closer in chronological time to the first pizza hut than she was the pyramids being built at Pisa. And like. you'd, you'd always associate her with the with of course with you Egypt would, yeah. and the pyramids. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. And I love those kind of little sound bites that give you you just a better understanding, like analogies essentially. Like. Yeah, there's all them nice ones about um, uh, the age of the earth, isn't there? Like if the uh, if time up until now was a clock. We'd be in a se- the last second. We'd be in the last second to midnight. Yeah, if even, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a nice way of thinking about it. It completely changes your perception, doesn't it? It makes you... Yeah, makes well, you like, what, nice. like, people lose their shit over, you know, animals going extinct and that to human hands, and, and kind of rightly so. But again, when you put it into perspective and you realise that 99.9999999% of all animals ever have already died, mm. it just, you know... It, and what, what like, the stuff about it, what... Do you know, like, if wolves suddenly evolved, you know, to be ten times faster, or and their teeth were, their jaws were more powerful, and their sense of smell and their their brains expanded, what are they going to do? Only go absolutely crazy and spread like all over the place. Well, that was to happen now. Yeah, but you see, I think it t- it's too slow. Evolution's too slow. Okay, yeah, granted, but say if we could, if it was speeded up, if wolves suddenly had, you know, got some evolutionary advantage over humans, do you think they're going to like? It's you know, uh, I I think I think we're at a bigger risk of annihilating ourselves than anything else. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Whether we yeah. Evo- some, whether something evolves in us, like there's a, an interesting conversation about antibiotics mm. and how oh yeah, yeah and about how yeah how we're doing everything that we can to make them obsolete, mm. and we don't have anything in the pipeline. Mm. That's something like that now could really fuck us over, like and set us back. Yeah, they talk about the overprescription. It's uh, that's the GPs again looking for placebos, and they know a lot of them know. You go into the GP and he says you've got a cold, and he checks to see it's a chest infection. It's not a chest infection, and whoever's sitting there in front of him says, "I need an antibiotic." The last time you gave me one, it cleared it up, no problem, and it probably did. And what does he do? He the GP prescribes the antibiotic because he can't, in good conscience, give a placebo which yeah. he should really but he can't so he gives the antibiotic the antibiotic does nothing only make it less likely that it'll work the next time yeah so i think that's how that works isn't it the over prescription of antibiotics is what they talk about a lot yeah um, no absolutely and it's 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 our bodies building up or it's not even our bodies it's the bugs that the antibiotics kill yeah that evolve past the, the lethal effects of the antibiotic. Mm, so that's right, where you hear all this talk about superbugs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I heard a really interesting point made recently that there should be an investigation into this statement, that hospitals these days kill more people than they save. Oh, that's an interesting one. That's a very fucking interesting one. Hospitals kill more people than they save. The idea being that the hospital model, you bringing all the sick people to one place, is fundamentally flawed. That you're yeah. and you're 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 literally and we are we're breeding superbugs mm. in hospitals. Now again, you know, I'm I'm talking out of school here. It's not my mm. an area of expertise by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But on your point of something, another creature getting an evolutionary edge over us, 
odds are it'll be a fucking microbe of some description. Very good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, be much more likely than, you know, Superwolves. Yeah. <laughs> Although, <laughs> Superwolves are cooler. And it's a better movie if it's called Superwolves. Absolutely, absolutely. Other than, you know, Super Microplankton Man or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another cool good. thing I heard along the same vein was um, the behavioral immune system. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that? No. That's fucking crazy. So behavioral immune your system. Your behavioral immune system. Oh, yeah. Right. So you have, you know, the the immune system that I'm, I presume you're you're relatively familiar with that you have one that you yeah, know, yeah. you have it's a white blood cells that fight off infection, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah. You know, that's the limit of my knowledge. But your behavioral immune system is why you're disgusted at rotting food or why I don't like touching fire and things like that. Yes, absolutely. Like too hot. So absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's why you don't step on dog shit when you're walking down the road. It's what keeps babies from tumbling into fires and. From, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And again, behavioral like immune system. The yeah, behavioral immune idea, system, yeah. but it ties in nicely with um, racism and bigotry. Right. It, it almost gives a not not an excuse is obviously the wrong word, but it gives a a reasoning as to why it exists in the first place. Hmm. This idea that people who were I suppose wary of foreigners survive better like o- over over time and which yeah it gives you an evolutionary advantage yes so yeah. if the you know if the Native Americans and the Aztecs or whoever else was over there when the Europeans came over maybe if they were a bit more adverse to to these white guys meeting coming in, strangers yeah they mightn't have fared as badly as they did yeah. because they like 90 plus percent of them were killed off by you know the common cold and, and such it's you know, insane it wasn't what happened to those guys oh completely well. decimated them yeah. absolutely decimated them and there's some really weird stuff there as well you know people talk about the mystical stories then with the Aztecs and the Incas and uh, you know some of the mad stuff that was going on in their societies like uh, you know the buildings that they created and how did they do them and people talk about aliens helping them out and you know, it's a verifiable fact that uh, that the Aztecs uh, did brain surgery. They were yeah. the first one, the first people ever to do uh, brain surgery on, yeah. on each other. Um, the the one the story I love the most about that is um, I think was it the Aztecs or the Incas? Hmm. Let's I go. With I, Aztecs. I wouldn't know what separates them. Being honest. Yeah. Well, different uh, geographical uh, differences. I think are the main ones. But anyway, um, I think it was the Aztecs, and they had um, a story about a god called uh, Quetzalcoatl or some Quetzalcoatl or something like that. Okay. Um, and basically, he was a kind of half man, half horse thing. He had the legs of a of a I think a llama. Okay. And the body it was kind of like a centaur in I yeah, suppose yeah. western mythology and he had hair all down the uh, the his front so on his right. hair like an animal yeah and uh, supposedly the, and he came from the sea and this is the story and he came to end uh, civilization this he wiped them all out if they were bad or whatever and he had done it a couple of times previously and you know the, you know like a religious story just like the second coming of jesus or whatever yeah you know he's going to come back and judge us all or whatever they had a very similar tale about this guy quetzalcoatl and that's what he looked like and then the spanish uh, arrive with horses whom they said the Aztecs had never seen before and hadn't they had seen horses yeah hadn't seen, horses. Yeah, they hadn't seen uh, beards you know no facial hair in uh, South America, and well, in in certain populations, anyone anyway, would have had no facial hair whatsoever, 
and so I hadn't seen this kind of thing. Uh, they came from the sea, so they kind of really neatly fit into, you know, this mad kind of legend myth thing that was going around. And there was a lot of kind of uh, uh, God worshipping and kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, come on, guys. Yeah, what do you need? I can't believe this is actually true. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, uh, here he is. He's come back to judge us from the sea. Let's do this. And uh, like mad stuff. Anyone that opposes, like they would have had gunpowder. They, but they have exactly, they, guns, yeah, so, yeah, you know, exactly. Which the proving you were a god would never been, exactly. Yeah, been I can make hard. this fella die. Check this out. Do you know, um, I think of the legends. He shot thunder and 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 lightning and all that kind of stuff. So Fuck. just mad stuff. Like um, I don't know why we're talking about that. I can't remember. No, how the, the, these conversations tend to go down rabbit yeah. holes. But on um, on the on holes, the yeah. on the Incas. Another bit of kind of history trivia that I heard recently, to, again to put things into perspective. If you would ask, no, I'll ask you. When were the when were the Incas? Roughly, would you say? Would throw oh out a God, guess. Like. You're talking. Oh, what? When were they at their their peak? I suppose. No, when were the kind of a period of history that uh, I wouldn't be certainly very familiar with at all. But what they the voyages of discovery? They would have been what um early 1500s and hmm. 14 late 1400s so when are the aztecs at their peak is that what you're asking yeah or roughly when were they around or maybe, maybe their peaks so. okay so i suppose ending around 1500 and probably at their peak then i don't know because it, 1400? I, think, I think was it the incas or the aztecs that i heard but their their first city let's say what's known as the establishment of their hmm. first city I heard it in context with something else. It was the same time period that the university in Oxford was founded. So it was 1200-ish, so it was about 800 years ago. But again, before I heard that bit of information, if you had asked me when was the Aztecs, I can't remember whether it was the Incas or the Aztecs, one or the other, but if you had asked me when they were when they were around, I would have kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, "The fucking Bronze Age, maybe yeah, you know, yeah, have a stab, yeah, thousands yeah. of years ago, yeah. like so fucking recent, like yeah. no t- no time ago." And to think that they had, you know, cities with tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people in it, mm. and they they just you know literally don't exist anymore it's in mad, yeah. in what eight hundred years. Yeah, and again, and eight, even eight hundred years seems like a very long time scale, but that's only you know five or six grandparents ago do you know, do you know that kind of way mm. or maybe 10 you know 10 or 12 grandparents ago yeah. so it's only your your dad's 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 dad do you yeah. know that kind of way yeah. you don't have to go that far back in your own lineage to get to the time period of when like the west was discovered yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you fucking yeah. think about it like yeah True. um and i think people we don't get enough credit for i suppose how far we've come and we don't realize how in our infancy we are like you, yeah. you hear people say oh you know there's people starving in the world and you know there's terrible things happening and there's wars and this that and the other of course there fucking is you're practically swinging from the trees a wet week ago that's true yeah. Do you know, like, kind of way like when you consider the good things that are going on in the world like and you talk about global poverty and all that like you know that's outrageous and awful that that it happens and everything but it's on the on the way down like to be fair massively so massively so um, it isn't proven like um Granted, I t- I would totally agree that it's 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 not fair and it's not right and it needs to be addressed more urgently than it is being done. But then, sure, do you know what am I doing about it? I'm not doing very much. Like I might donate occasionally to whatever, but I'm quite sure I cancelled all my direct debits from whatever 
charity muggers got me back in the day i'm sure they're all <laughs> the gone good old chuggers huh? i'm sure i cancelled them like i'm i'm uh, myself i'm not doing very much i suppose sometimes i kind of like to put some ointment on my conscience and say well i bring it up and <laughs> i bring it up in class sometimes and i, I mention it to i say it to the, the the students in school about like you know the responsibility of their generation but you know what are you guys going to do about you know poverty or or, or global warming or whatever but I don't think I've done very much, but I can't say I've done a whole point myself. Be perfectly no. honest. Yeah. Um, I listened to a guy. His name escapes me now, but his organisation is Effective Altruism. I think it's called. Nice. Yeah. And um, he's a big proponent of bed nets. He would argue that if you want to give your money to any kind of charitable organisation that mm. you know isn't you know based in Dublin or your local town or whatever it is, um. That bed nets is the way is the way forward. Bed nets. Bed nets, yeah. So something you basically drape over your bed and sleep under to keep mosquitoes at right. bay. And bang for your buck, basically, you'll save more lives and you'll do more good, um, pound for pound, within you know either giving his organisation or a similar organisation to put money towards towards bed nets because. Bed nets. And I think that's why a lot of a lot more of us don't donate, more, or anything say. It's because of this idea that only a very small percentage of what you donate actually goes to helping anybody. Yeah. Do you yeah. know that kind of way? I think there's a there's a, there's fear a serious ethical thing there, and do you know that I don't know some of them, and I shouldn't give out of it charities because I've I've done nothing. Let me reiterate that absolutely <laughs> nothing. Not even you know some donations here and there, but nothing serious but some of the charities they just do you know when they come on the telly even when they're on the telly i'm like no that's no good like how much did that ad cost yeah and uh some of the ideas then and then a lot of them want to put religion in as well and they want to kind of mess it up that way uh, do you know i i don't know I, there's one charity that i like um uh, the Medicine San Frontier or whatever you call those people. Doctors Without Borders. Do you know those? Yes, those yes. I think that is an amazing charity. And they're it's, am, am I right in saying that they're they're kind of credited with being everything a charity should be? I think personally from... No, I haven't studied them in huge detail, but yeah. from anything that I've read or the little study that I have done, they'd, if I was to donate some of my, <laughs> some of my cash, they're, they're on my list. They're doing well. Keep it up, guys. And uh, yeah. think about it in, in, in when I win the lotto. <laughs> um, but they're very, very good. You know, like doctors who, who take years out to go and, you know, just literally be doctors and, and help people and... Uh, you see them in in Syria. A lot of them got well. Uh, some of them were killed in in Syria last summer, I think, when uh, with the bombing of a hospital. They uh, they were killed. They're working with um, all over the world in all kinds of different places. Doctors without borders kind of says it all. There, I like them. They're very good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I can't think of that guy's name. Effective altruism is very interesting guy. If you Google effective altruism, I'm sure you, mm. his name his name will pop up. But again, his his shtick, I suppose, is that your money can be can go to let's say, for example, the the doctors without borders, mm. because and again, I think they're fairly credible. But I think ah, uh, it's it's that long since, <clears throat> pardon me, it's that long since I listened to to him talk about it. But I remember the the figures being just shocking. The, the percentage of what is donated that goes to people, the percentage of charities that are only charities. In name, mm. 
mm. you know, that kind of way. It could be it could be upwards of ninety plus percent. Yeah. Between employing people, between paying for ads, I think you know, is it is it ninety percent of all charities' revenue goes towards raising money. Do you know kind of yeah, so I'm not sure now the figures, they, but but that that like if if that was the case, they may just they may just like I think if your charity is doing that, ninety percent of your money is going on that. That's but you see, I think a a, a massive proportion of all charities, mm. it's it's almost like a fundamental flaw in charities themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, and I suppose it's the catch twenty two. Like I'm sure the guys who set up these charities are amazing, uh, amazing people, and they're trying to raise more money so they can do whatever. Yeah, of course. It's, as you say, catch twenty two. It's a. But I, I'm I'm not a f- massive fan of charities per se, um, and what I mean by that is, I think if something is reliant on on charity, I suppose mm. it, it needs to be self kind of self sustaining. Mm-hmm. Do you know the kind of way? So like sustainable a, kind of thing. I'd be a much bigger fan of uh, of an idea of a of like a, a cooperative enterprise. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Something that, that is for profit. Like yeah. the, the crash that my young lad goes to in Simonson here, it's fucking fantastic. Like Kayla, um, they're not for profit, mm. but they are a business. You do have to pay them. Like mm. the, Their staff get paid. It's a it's a going concern, but they're just not fundamentally motivated by That sounds brilliant. By profits. Yeah. Like. That sounds amazing. It is. No, it's, it's, and would it's they more expensive than normal places? I don't or? think so. No. Now again, herself would have dealt a lot with, you know, the yeah. scouting out the different crashes and that and, and weighing up the cost, but I don't think they were disproportionately more expensive by any stretch of the imagination. That sounds like the right job, doesn't it? Yeah, you no, know, people give so. it about the cost of childcare and uh, I, I don't know what they're kind of, the business models be like and if there's lots of money in crashes I'd imagine oh, there would be, there yeah. probably would be. Should it have to be? Like the way it is now, like that's one thing that kind of disappoints, well, not disappoints me, but uh, that I'd be kind of unhappy about maybe with life in, in modern Ireland today. The way it's kind of impossible for a normal uh, couple to have kids and to have one of them stay at home. Yeah. It's single income family, look. You can't really have a single income family unless that single income is substantial. But a normal um, income is not enough, almost. No, like your, your average industrial wage, I, I don't know what it is, but I know it's not enough that your missus can stay at home. And, and even if it is, you know, you'd want to be in a fairly either low rent area. You want to be paying a tiny mortgage. Yeah. You're not going on holidays. Do you know kind of way? It, at yeah. least not foreign holidays. Yeah. And that, again, maybe we're maybe we're looking for too much. Maybe we're asking for too much. Yeah, that's uh, that could be something like I'm sh- I'm sure like in our situation that maybe my wife could stay home if we, do you know, if got we got rid of your Sky and your broadband and whatever else. Yeah, do you know if you make cutbacks? Maybe maybe I'm just being too materialistic or whatever. If we did, we'd probably have to move. Well, we would have to move house. You'd have to definitely move to a. Do you know, you'd want to substantially reduce your um reduce your mortgage and all that you'd want yeah it, it just it doesn't seem to me to be possible like and uh i know um uh talking about historical things we were talking about do you know the like the marriage ban that was um you've heard of the marriage ban in no oh well there was a marriage uh, a marriage ban in ireland in the public service up until 19 something um, what is a marriage, marriage ban? Marriage ban basically meant that when you got married, 
uh, when the woman got married, she would have to give up her job in the public service. So if she was a teacher or oh, whatever, yeah, she would literally have to give up her job. The assumption being that, well, she's married. Obviously, she wants to go home and rear her kids. And now that went, that was in effect until I'm going to say the 70s, at some stage. I think. Sure. When did women get to vote? Even. <laughs> no, I don't mean to be flippant, like, but seriously, like. Oh, and we weren't too bad in that one now. Like, uh, Countess Markievicz is famously the first woman uh, ever elected to forget about Dáil Éireann in uh, Westminster. And that was, uh, what year was that? 19, um, 1912 or something, was it? A long time ago. And women were given the vote uh, in... But again, in, in, in historical times, like, the... In a lifespan, practically, we've like you, you hear you hear complaints about you know women get paid less than men and women yeah. aren't respected in the workplace yeah. and and this that and the other. But when you consider within one lifetime, they were literally treated as a second class citizen. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. It's a lot of progress, a lot done, a lot more to do. Like yeah, well, just in that marriage ban thing. Like so, yeah, the sorry. assumption was right. They had to leave the job because obviously they're going to have babies. Mm. And obviously they want to go home and stay at home and mind them. Obviously, that was the assumption. Yeah. And I remember kind of like laughing a bit uh, uh, to my dad a while ago, and he was defending it. I was saying like, how could you possibly defend that? Like it's ridiculous. And he was like, well, actually, we had respect for women, and we were the only ones who allowed. Well, we were in our society, you know, like in whatever in his day, we allowed women to stay at home and uh, you know be. Uh, uh, you know, be um, mums and whatever, and uh, we gave them that luxury. We so. gave them, we gave them that luxury, and nowadays you don't give them that luxury, and yeah. they can't do it. Which I thought it completely blew my mind. So I was like, "What? That's oh my god! I never even thought of it that way." And I wouldn't go along with it. Obviously, uh, choice is really important. I'm sure, like loads of women might like to stay at home, and loads of you know fellas would like to stay at home, and loads of girls wouldn't like to stay at home, and that's fine. I suppose it's the lack of choice. That kind of gets to me, like, I don't think, like, normal, you know, the norm now is for both mum and dad have to go to work. And oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a bit kind of disappointing. It'd be nice if there was a choice that one of them could maybe, uh, I'm not talking about a marriage ban or anything like that, but something there that, you know, it's because we don't value that work at home, because, you know, nobody earns any money out of it, so you know what's the point and your idea of a well not your idea but the idea you talked about earlier on the universal, the universal basic income basic yeah, income yeah. would sort that out because uh, you know mum or dad could say oh yeah I'll just take the universal basic income for a little while and go back to work then after and you would be alright but now there is zero value on staying at home uh, you know looking after the kids there's nothing placed on that it's not yeah. worth anything yeah and like you you said your yourself and your wife are um are teachers so we have that luxury during the summer you know but that's it's and, you so know, weekends not, and you're not working yeah, evenings exactly and, you know. yeah we're not well my heart goes out to friends of mine who who are you know lots of people normal people who have normal jobs and work nine to five or whatever probably in dublin probably have to commute for at least whatever two or three hours every day and what time do they get home at? They get home at... I suppose, like, I used to do that. I'd get home at, like, maybe 7 o'clock. Yeah. Just in time to... Put them maybe, to bed. Yeah, read a bedtime story. And yeah. And you're up. That was it. Like, with and the you're kids up before it, them, then. Yeah. You're up before them. You're at home, and you're, they're either in bed, or you only mm. put them to bed. And even if you do get an hour with them in the evening, you've been fucking working all day. Of course, You've been yeah. commuting. Your yeah. boss is a cunt. You come in the door, and you're... 
child for whatever reason is fucking driving you up the fucking wall for the, <laughs> the precious 45 minutes you have with them like I know it's you're, awful like, you're it's brushing their teeth and getting them into bed and giving out to them for being bold and doing the whole yeah, yeah. parent thing and, and it's awful like to do that in 45 minutes I think we're kind of like you're, you're losing you're losing something because that whole family thing is is uh, can be can be uh, you know really rewarding for everybody no they talk about the you know those important formative years of a child's life like, yeah but um, no, I, I'm really lucky. Like I, I get up in the mornings whenever whenever Fiona wakes up. I get mm. up with him. Herself has already gone to work. Um, I get to get him up, get him dressed, brush his teeth, make breakfast with him, have a little play or whatever. Get him dressed, drop him into crash. Then you know between eight and nine, depending mm. on what time he gets up and and you what have kind that lovely bit of I'm flexibility. In. Then that's then. fucking class. Like unbelievable. So you're not tied down to any kind of. No, 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 like there's no alarm involved, there's yeah. no have to be gone at this time. Brilliant. Like. And that's only... And it's so rare, like, so rare. It's, it's unheard of. Like, yeah. And that's only four days a week because herself only works the four days. So she's yeah. off on a Friday, so yeah. he doesn't go in on the Friday. And because she starts early, she finishes early. So he's only in crash between nine till four thereabouts. Brilliant. Monday to Thursday, Brilliant, yeah. which is, it's fantastic. Like. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we're very much the exception, I think, to the rule. Yeah. There's yeah. so many lads that are out there and, you know, and women, I suppose, as well. They don't fucking... Like, other people, crashes are raising their kids, essentially. Yeah, which is mad, like, when you think about it, like, do you know, whatever about Peppa Pig raising your kids, you know, <laughs> crashes doing it as well, then it's... What, it's you, how many kids have you and what ages are they roughly again? Uh... I've uh, three kids, two uh, boys and a girl. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to reel this up. Like, what ages? Right, okay, come back to me. 19, 20... No, uh, what ages? Um, youngest just turned two. Um, middle is nearly... He's going to be seven in a week or so. And the other fella's 11 years old. Yes. Okay, and have you... Like, at 11... like. I'm wary about the internet with Fionn. He's fucking three and a half. Yeah, the internet is... So what way does that work yeah. with you? The internet is mad. It's just like... I can see it in school because our kids, they're using iPads in school now as well. And plus they all have smartphones obviously as well because everyone seems to have smartphones now. So... I'm sorry, when you say they're using iPads, they're like school iPads or... Yeah, they're using school iPads. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we hooked them up with... Uh, well, they they pay for them obviously and they they buy ipads and we have them set up whatever way and um and like to what end because like you're immersed in this but there was obviously no ipads when when i was in school or when, mm. when you were so like are they in the classroom like do yeah you, they do have you them, hand them, them out at the start or what like? no they have them with them they're their own devices they bring them home they okay. do all that um and can you remotely correct stuff and check stuff is that you is can there do an that? stuff it's it depends. You you can do whatever you want. You know, it's the internet. It's it's cloud computing. It's all that kind of mad stuff. Mm. And if you explore the possibilities there, you can do amazing, beautiful, really cool, amazing. <laughs> I'm repeating myself. <laughs> uh, uh, you can do you know really cool stuff. Um, uh, so the first use and the use that you know a lot of people kind of just see it as is the textbooks are on their on their on their iPad. So they'll have whatever ebooks. Yeah. Um, so that saves your big heavy bag or whatever. Suddenly your text becomes searchable. Your notes, you can save them on it. You can do all that kind of stuff. It's kind of nice. A little bit gimmicky, really. Right. You know, you want your iPad to do a little bit more. Uh, because, you know, yourself, you know, technology is so much more. So um, 
I'd be mad into the technology now and I'd be mad to try and push them and see what they can do. So I'd I'd set up all kinds of mad uh oh I do like kind of um I don't know if you're familiar with OneNote or any of them. It's a bit yeah, like yeah, yeah. OneNote is like a it's a Microsoft product. Yeah, it's, is uh, it this is it is Keep Google's equivalent? It's a, a note taking app. A note taking app, basically. You have yeah. it across multiple devices. Exactly. In the cloud, all that jazz. Wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. And you can also do they do class OneNote notebooks. So they're just I think they're just absolutely amazing. So I put my notes up on the. On the thing, it syncs to their notebook. They have their own little kind of space in it where they put in their work, which appears live on 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 my thing. If I want to check out what what they're doing, and I can add to it, and there's a collaborative space in it where they can they can work with their mates and do you know whatever it is, work on something. And uh, it's I find that part of it is amazing. It's it's really really powerful because they can go, especially for English, like they can. Uh, they do something which I always struggle to get people with pen and paper to do, uh, which is redrafting, you know, like writing something and then improving it. With okay. pen and paper, students just will not do that. But give them an iPad and it's no problem because they can copy and paste and they can just, you know, do whatever and, uh, you know, tap away and they, they don't mind doing it. And it's uh, it's great. It's exciting. Um, so they do all that. They can create videos and they can, you know, you know yourself, the millions of different apps that are out there, you know, play with the different ones and, and mess. That's all the good side of it. And then, of course, there's the, the scary side of it, which is, you know, the cyberbullying and the and all that kind of mad stuff. Um, and how cognizant of that do you have to be as, as a teacher? I have to be totally on that. Like, you have to be. And in, in what sense? Like, I mean, how, how do you, like, how would you know or begin to know that someone was getting, you know, bullied via their smartphone, say? Yeah, well, I'd be, well, say on the iPads, I'd be trying to be really all over those iPads and I really try and drill it into um, the students that they're not personal devices that we, so I do random iPad checks and I will, you know, take the iPads and check and see what's on them and see what's going on. And right. there are rules about what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And I have them all like, uh, they're supposed to if they see anything that they don't like they re- screenshot and report to me immediately right and now you know they do to be fair they do uh, they do well kind of policing each other like that as well because you know they'd have a little chat going or emails or you know we this year we blocked everything then and it was just kind of email was the only way they could communicate and they're still you know they'd send each other you know silly emails or whatever but, and have uh, they Facebook and all the on their smartphones are all over Facebook and Snapchat. And but what about on the on the school the school iPads? iPads we have that's all blocked. blocked. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so blocked out of all social media or uh, all social media. Yeah, from this year the first years are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about your eleven-year-old? Because he's he's in social media territory that yeah, age. Yeah, he's he? getting he? there. He has uh, he has an old phone of his mum's that he uses. Um, all he wants to check is football scores and football <laughs> transfers and stats for different people he's mad into all that kind of stuff um recently there he was on the xbox and he's realizing that he can talk to some of his mates and there's some kind of do you know there's talk of snapchat in the class and all that kind of stuff going on but uh we've kind of steered clear of most of that i to be fair i reckon that do you know whatever they're doing on snapchat or whatever they're doing on on email or text messages or whatsapp or whatever it is is broadly equivalent to what myself and yourself were doing on pen and paper or whispering back in the day it's not as insidious though is it or do you know the kind of way like what do you mean like, well, like i could whisper something obnoxious to you 
I, I could have whispered something obnoxious to you back in the day, but and I couldn't we whisper. definitely did. Oh no, definitely. of course you did. Yeah, of course yeah. you did. Awful stuff. Oh, heinous. Like. Awful, you know? <laughs> awful stuff. Jesus. Like, like when I think about the shit that we used to play on each other, like, course, fuck me. Yeah, yeah. But you couldn't do that across the county at one o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So the scale is a lot bigger. Yeah, and the stakes maybe do you know are a lot higher, I suppose, and. Like you and you interact with teenagers, say, a hell of a lot more than I suppose most people mm. would who, who isn't you know involved in in schools or that. At lunchtime, say, is everyone you know on their phones? Is there a ban on phones in the you school? See, or that, what way does that people work? say that, but like, the, I think adults are just as bad. Like, oh no, kids 100%. are. Do you know um, the the teenagers in, in in our school at the moment? They would be. They'd be flat out on smartphones. Some of them. No more than, uh, no more than in the, in the adult population. There's still a few that would be saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't do phones. I don't get them." You know, yeah. teenagers that say that, just like you get adults who say, oh, "I'm not into them." Um, a lot of them would, you know, not be on Facebook or whatever. Um, lots of them are though. But, you know, no more than, like sometimes you hear it in. The, uh, sometimes you would you'd hear you know teachers giving out a bit maybe and. All them on their smartphones constantly. Yes. Like it's it's a human problem as opposed to a a teenage problem. I think the kind of obsession that people have with smartphones and people are proper obsessed with them. And oh yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but I think, and I've mentioned this before. Um, I think we, our generation, say, people, let's say thirty plus, we've had, you know, social media and smartphones and unlimited access to information for a long time now. Uh, say the best part of 15 years mm-hmm. but at least we got a chance to grow up without it yeah these days like i see it even with fiona he's three and a half and yeah he can, he find can open Peppa up the tab and YouTube. And no yes, problem exactly. no bother yeah, to yeah. like yeah um yeah digital natives did you ever hear that term oh before? very good a digital native yeah born and bred on the internet like yes parents met on facebook and yes you know all this yeah. kind of mad stuff <laughs> that's what the that's what you're dealing with like uh but um to say that there's a you know, you hear people say there's a dumbing down or there's a, they don't, do you know, like sometimes I give out a bit of work to be done and you'd, you'd find that some of them have used the internet on their smartphone to Google something that, you know, to find, to learn some extra thing and learn a new skill and then they've found a picture somewhere and they've brought it in and they've, they've gone to town on this task and they've, they've just gone crazy and they've done some extra study and it's just amazing and they've used all that internet goodness to make it fantastic and they've learned something from it and you're like well that's fantastic that's what it's there for and then like i'd be doing that and then i get a stupid whatsapp about like oh look at this silly you know <laughs> picture moving what do you call it the gifs 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 gif 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 i think gif i think do you know yeah, some yeah. funny and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know i'm do you know it's a human thing sometimes the internet is is I think it's a fantastic resource and it's it's amazing. Oh, no, absolutely. And the positives there completely outweigh any of the kind of the negatives. And it's a, it's a learning curve. And you can be surprised how savvy uh, kids are. Like my six-year-old at, at home will, will tell you, oh, that's an ad, just ignore that. And this is how you skip the ads and you don't yeah, want that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they're into Minecraft on the computer and recently then they, they wanted to f- uh, do, they watch YouTube then and they, you know, they don't watch like RT2 like we did when, when we were kids. Yeah, absolutely. They watch YouTubers and they watch exactly what they're into. Yeah. Like we had to sit through, 
whatever was on. Well, literally, there was two or three or whatever amount of channels we had to sit through. It. They get to pick exactly what uh, what they're into, uh, and as a result, I think nearly consume less kind of TV than then uh, I don't know, maybe we might have, like, I distinctly remember sitting down to watch, waiting for something that was going to be on in an hour or maybe two hours, and oh, watching yeah. what Set, it, Settling in for the night, like. Yeah, whatever was there, whereas, uh, well, my kids, anyway, will say, oh, I want to watch this YouTube video about whatever. Yeah, yeah. This Minecraft thing. And they'll watch that, and then, okay, that's done. Right, go off, do something else now. Um, and they don't kind of vegetate, maybe, as much as, as I remember, I think. Well, a, but I don't know. A, a very, very little tolerance for for ads for a starter. Again, with Fionn, he's three and a half, and mm. if an ad pops up, you know the way it gives you like a four second counter and yeah, you skip yeah. it. He's rolling his eyes, going like Jesus, yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah. Whereas we would have sat through maybe if we were sitting down in the evening for three hours of television, that that could have been two fucking hours of ads, like yeah, and easily. You just, yeah. you just sat through it and every you, fifteen minutes. Yeah, you just watch it, and we'd have our favorite ads and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember yeah. I was doing a thing on advertising with with first year students recently. And I said, what I'd, what I'd always say, you know, all right, okay, we'll just go around the room and see if we can name some TV ads. Do you know, famous ones that we all... And, do you know, usually what happens is someone says, does the theme tune for an ad, or someone says a funny thing off an ad, and they all laugh, and it's mad. They couldn't think of any. They're like, an ad? What do, what do you mean, an ad? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know, like one of those jingles <laughs> off the telly, do you know? All right, um... They couldn't come up with that. They great. came up with the Harvey Norman thing. They came up with that because they'd heard that on the radio. Yeah, Do you know, and they, so they all start shouting, Harvey Norman, Harvey Norman. <laughs> but that was kind of it. Then after that, they, they had, and then he kind of jingles around. Them. Do you know, like myself, or, do you know, the, I always use that the example of the, do you remember the armadillo one for the, who likes armadillos? Yeah, it's armadillos. armadillos. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Like that was so powerful and like yeah, you know stayed yeah. with us how many years later, um, but it didn't, they didn't really have that. They only watch four second, five seconds of ads. Yeah, and good fucking and they ratings. Skip ad, and they watch their tailored, you know, tailored programs. Oh yeah, as, as you say, you know what they're into. Yeah. But like, I I would have learned. I did history for the fucking leaving, so I would have covered World War Two. But I know far more about World War Two from having watched. I think it's called, is it called World War Two in color on Netflix. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, that's yeah, great. It's very good. Yeah, it's really um, good. But from an educational point of view, like maybe not. Maybe maybe in your lifetime, maybe not, maybe further on, but can you see us resorting to or shifting towards an online education? Oh, brilliant, yeah, definitely. There are two things that, well, one thing that I always say is that like, if a teacher can be replaced by YouTube, mm. then the teacher definitely should be replaced by YouTube. Um, and what I mean by that is if the teacher's just standing there explaining something regurgitating what's in the if i'm standing up here and saying right okay world war ii you ready final here we go do you know 1939 it starts you know you're going to go sleep after a little while there's no way i can do it better than history and color or um sorry world war ii II. yeah of course i can't do it better they've got technology and pictures and yeah. interviews and everything and a recognizable voice doing the voiceover yeah your famous and voice and yeah. all the, bells so the and whole thing and an amazing narrator like and what am i'm just you know a teacher or whatever uh so in that case maybe i should be replaced by youtube video maybe i should just play the clip or what i like to do now is uh what's called um the flipped classroom okay what's that so uh 
kind of harks back to what you were saying about hospitals not being an effective way to to do something sometimes they say like you know a school is not an effective way of of teaching a load of kids like you're getting all your kids there in one place it's just you know it's not a good use of resources so a, a, an interesting thing to do is to you know to put it on its head you know flip the classroom they yeah. say so the idea is you know in a normal classroom or what happened to us was you go in and they say right today we're going to do science or history or english or whatever it is maths and i'm going to teach you how to do long division right so here's how you do long division I'll do a couple of sums up the board right that's it homework now is to do question one to ten your copy yeah so if it was english you'd say right there's a poem i'll explain the poem now homework question one to five or write why i like this poem let's say for your homework all right so that's a normal kind of yeah classroom thing and then there's this uh, kind of idea of the flipped classroom where you put it on its head and you say right we don't do that anymore instead you do the opposite you come into class you do your homework and then so in class you do questions one to ten okay. and then for homework you watch this video about whatever it is whatever World War II or it, yeah. whatever it is or long division or biology or whatever it is that makes sense because you're kind of prompting what you are prompting what to look out for in the material before you have access to the material. It kind of makes sense. It's it totally... I've, like, I've been trying to do it. It's kind of hard to do this. You know, it explains where some of your other hours than your 21 hours go to. But uh, what you're trying to do is... Uh, you're trying to use your skills. Like, what can I do that YouTube can't do? Okay, you, YouTube can probably explain something better than me. But YouTube can't walk around the class and, and check for it individual mistakes and individual needs of course youtube can't see that frano is obviously really really smart and has all this done in two seconds obviously obviously <laughs> and you know needs to be pushed on a little bit and needs to be kind of challenged on some of his assumptions youtube can't do that yeah uh, but i can do that so i can go around the class and do the stuff that i can do and then for homework look at your youtube video and figure out the next step or i can push you on say right do these extra 10 or whatever it is so that's the idea the flipped classroom uh it's a nice way of doing stuff. And I've tried to do a few videos myself because there was some uh, some of the Leaving Star poetry. I couldn't really find too many videos on some of it. So I tried to do a few of them myself. I don't think they work too well. But... Um, uh, and how, how so? You, you set up a camera and Set up a camera, camera in the class or? and tried to explain a poem in... You know, went through a couple of poems. I think um, I had a few issues in that... I think I need to script them more. But anyway, I just kind of said, right, I'll do it off the cuff and see how this works. Yeah. And uh, I tried to do that kind of idea. And they did watch them and they did, they say, you know, the the feedback was, was very good. The videos just weren't very polished or anything like that. So I'm, of course, hoping, yeah. I'm hoping to work on them and do some more kind of more polished ones, maybe scripted and get a bit of production value into them and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but again, that guy I mentioned earlier, Jordan Peterson, um, he's looking to set up almost like an online university of sorts mm. and the way he views it is why should you have to have you know 150 grand a year or whatever it is to attend you know an Ivy League school in the States mm. to learn something that's online for free anyway exactly now, there's, yeah. there's an accreditation issue obviously um, but if you've got some guy who let's say is the the best lecturer on a particular topic in the world. He mm. he's doing the research himself. He's you know an enthusiastic speaker. Mm -hmm. He's engaging. He's just he's just the best person to teach this particular subject. 
why would you listen to anybody else? Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Why is there, at the minute, like, why is there, let's say, pick a figure, 5,000 people across the world teaching this certain subject when one guy is clearly better than all of them put together yeah. and his lectures are already up on YouTube yeah. and they can be, you know, whenever he or somebody else discovers something new, you update the video. Do you know that kind of way? Exactly, yeah. And it's it's about that, you know, you shouldn't be reinventing the wheel the whole time. The amount of teachers that sit down, they try and figure out, right, how am I going to teach this thing? Chances are there's lads out there who have been who have figured that out, you know, 100 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And there's people who have really refined it. And people have done amazing things on it. And probably people have done amazing YouTube videos on it. Ones yeah. that you could only dream of, of of coming even close to. So use them, definitely. I'd be all about it. You know, the, that collection of, of knowledge out there on the internet is staggering. And to, to be able to use it. I'd be even anti-textbooks, like in school. I'd be totally like, what are you doing with this textbook? What is the point? Because it's outdated or... Because, well, it's, the internet has made it totally redundant. It's, you know, what's the point in having, you know, I go for this kind of create your own content idea. So what I do, I'd say to the, the, the first year group that I have is that you don't have a textbook because we're going to write a textbook. And I say, right, we're going to uh, copy and paste our own textbook from, we're going to mix and match. An over infinite the, amount of sources. Exactly. And we're going to, you know, this year's textbook is going to be slightly different from last year's and it's going to, there'll be some of your work in it and there'll be. Uh, you know, amazing videos that we find, and it'll be just, and it's just a journey and a, a trawl through, you know, some of the stuff that's out there, and it's, uh, it's, it's a nice way of doing it now. No, it it, it sounds cool. It it sounds like you. It's progressive. It's mm. not just reciting the same old shit. And like what you mentioned there earlier about the schools, in a sense, being the same as what I mentioned about hospitals there mm. earlier. Um, schools, I think, originally were to create factory workers. It was to kind of civilized people and that's where all the bells and lines and yeah it's a kind of a weird thing i think it's it's a it's a thing we do in in almost every culture i think every culture they always send their kids somewhere with a view to educate them whatever that means but i think a lot of it is to do with you know just childcare and what do you do with a teenager like what else are you going to do with the money yeah you know get him doing something like if it's not if he can't go out to work well but I think kids are kind of wide to that. Like, I mean, I think I, I think I felt that. I might, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it, but I think I felt like I was in prison when I was in secondary really, school. Really? Yeah. yeah, I didn't enjoy secondary school. No, I don't think I enjoyed it either. Uh, and, and look, I'm sure plenty of people do. And it, it was by no means because I was kind of picked on or I was bullied because yeah. I, I wasn't. But um, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, it, it's mad. I only got into my education and got interested in learning stuff. Mm. 10 years ago when I was 20 it's mad, you know, like it? in a way when I left yeah. school and now if I had the chance to sit in on one of your history classes hmm. I'd be there like a fucking flash like. yeah, you're more than welcome any time <laughs> but you know what I mean but at, Just at the time when I was there I fucking Jesus I know like, yeah well that's what I think again that's where I think the the YouTube thing would come into it like if a student like that who wasn't into it he's just not going to watch the youtube video so what i see is my role is to do the things that youtube can't do so to, to try and push this guy and try and uh connect with him try and give him some kind of an an, uh, an interest in you know watching the video or you know getting into it trying to share some passion yeah uh, for and when people when anyone sees passion you know, if if I was to start talking to you about whatever Macbeth or you know Shakespeare or whatever, I guarantee you I could get passionate about it, and it'd make you want to to read. It. Just like if you were to talk about pea shoots and get passionate about them, I'd be mad to. 
what go eat some pea shoots. What did they say? Um, enthusiasm is contagious. Definitely, yeah. Do you know, the, I bet you had a couple of teachers like that that just would bounce into a room and would be mad to show you whatever it is, science experiment or art or whatever. I didn't have a lot of them. Yeah. There, there was one guy, um, a maths teacher I had. Shout out mad to into maths, uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> right. a lo- lo- lovely guy. Um, but yeah... Yeah, he 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 loved maths. He just yeah, exactly, and that that's just contagious. The worst teachers are the ones that uh, they don't care. Like it's just like yeah, whatever. They've nearly contempt for their own subject. Though. Exactly, yeah, and I feel like uh, I can be, you know, as an English teacher, I think I'm pretty good. But as a as a history teacher, sometimes I don't. You know, I haven't figured out how to just, you know, teach it properly yet. And the English, I think I have it. It's grand, but the history, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why that is, but it's a. Uh, in in relation to the training that you get now, and I I don't mm. want you to I don't want to kind of force your opinions on the environment that you work on on a fucking recording like, but I mean, the way teachers are are taught, say, mm. are they taught to be enthusiastic or are they taught to? Let me rephrase that: Are teachers thought to get students to pass exams? Or are teachers taught to get students to be well educated? See the exam system. I'd I'd be totally against the exam system as well. The okay. Exam system. And what yeah. would you replace it with? Because there has to be some sort of certification to separate the the wheat from the chaff without being yeah. too. I like the kind of uh, what they're doing with the new junior cert now. They're uh, in English anyway. It's it's come in recently over recent years, and it's basically you do a kind of a you do you have to do a couple of different things. So you do a like a. Um, what do they call it? A portfolio of work. So you might put in your three best pieces of writing. So okay. maybe you've written an amazing poem and a and a whatever an essay on throughout the year. Yeah, exactly. Over the whatever amount of years, three years. Um, I like that idea. A portfolio, what, continued assessment. Continued is that what assessment. That is? Yeah, exactly. And then they also have to do like a, a presentation, and they have to do a shortened a shortened version of the exam, like one hour. Do you know? I'd like something like that for leaving there a load of. Uh, uh, continuous assessment, maybe a presentation, maybe a portfolio, whatever it is, and then a, a big project or something, and then a very short exam, maybe something like that. I think that'd be cool. No, you know, to give a, a more accurate reflection, like the way it is now, it's ridiculous. Like it's a, it's not a test of, you know, your knowledge of English or history or anything. It's just a, it's a test of your concentration. It's a test of your uh, memory. Memory is yeah. most important. Your handwriting, you know, totally irrelevant skills for a twenty-first century workforce. Like, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. And is there any hope to changing that? Or well, is the juniors, the new junior cycle coming in, I think, is is very good. But then, like, you know, it's kind of um, there's a lot of disputes about it as well. So, and the the education system in Ireland is it is it archaic as I kind of have in my head do you think or is it progressive or you know is it stifled with kind of bureaucracy and red tape and the typical the typical complaints that you'd hear of a, a civil servant organisation yeah probably like the the new junior cycle that was supposed to be coming in was like when it when it was first announced it was quite extreme like and then it got kind of watered down with do you remember there was that big the stuff in the papers and the news about um uh, teachers marking their own students and all that kind of mad stuff. Teacher, sorry, teachers. Teachers marking their own students, like the, oh, exams. Well, for the continuous assessment thing, the way it is oh, now fuck, in the English. Okay, of course, yes. So yes. some teachers were saying, well, do you know what? I, how can I give you know Fran on my own student? How can I give him a mark? Like, what if his parents come in and give it to me, or what if whatever happens? 
Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, you can't like so typically now when you do the leave insert, there's a number at the top of the page and there's some randomness correcting yeah, it. Yeah, Nobody exactly. knows who it is, but yeah. we'll continue this continuous assessment. They want well at, for junior cycle now at the moment. They wanted the teachers to do that, um, which I have no problem with. Well, it has to be the teacher. How how could someone other than the teacher well, I guess mark a continued assessment thing? You could send it off to someone independent. Oh, okay. So throughout, throughout the year, so say. Frano's portfolio gets sent off to Galway or whatever, and someone down in Galway looks at it and says, "Right, okay, that's a whatever load of rubbish." No, it's amazing, <laughs> and then they send it back and say, "Well, you get a whatever gold star." Yeah, yeah. So, and on the subjects, then, like, is there is there space for uh, almost like an online savvy class? Like, remember you you mentioned there earlier that. Um, if YouTube could replace the teacher, then, you know, why wouldn't it? Mm. But is the does that make the role of the teacher almost like a a guide to using the internet? Do you know that kind yeah. of way? Like, the use of checking credible comes. sources, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. watching out for misleading information, you know, advertisements disguised as mm. articles, you yeah. know, etc. Mm. Especially in the, the, the world of kind of fake news. Yeah, fake news is, is good crack, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. There's uh, definitely a role there, like uh, some kind of digital companion like uh, for students. Because, uh, like, you know, a lot of parents wouldn't be into that, like, at all. Wouldn't really, you know, know about oh, it, what it am- kind of online world their kid would inhabit, like. And but it amazes me how kind of unsavvy if that's a term adults are in relation to the internet so mm. you, you, somebody will come out with a statement and i go that's bullshit and mm. it's like no it's not I, you know what i read it online yeah yeah oh generally oh, sorry i didn't realize yeah. it was that credible yeah, a source exactly. like yeah, yeah, yeah. but I read it online is a great one yeah um i saw it on a website i think a lot of the time that translates to i saw it written over a picture it's yeah. not it's not you know what i mean yeah. it's not even a fucking article like yeah <laughs> um but I think if there was ever a need for if there was ever a need for anything in the adult population now, it's it's being savvy to what they I suppose what they read online, what they see online, even on the news and the mm. traditional kind of media, because I think we're fucking past that. Mm. So that kind of way I think the likes of podcasts is 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 a great example, but YouTube in general, like my news now comes from Twitter and Facebook and Twitter is ma- is totally revolutionary, like massively. So you can get it from the horse's mouth, like it's unbelievable. Like uh, just before we came out here, there was uh, something about a shooting in or not a shooting, sorry, bigger part. Someone in Blanchetown uh, with a with a gun who tried to rob a shop or something. Fucking the shopping centre, like yeah. So the wife sees it on the journal, and then uh, can't get an update, so jumps to Twitter. There's nothing on telly about it. There's nothing on the uh, RT website. Goes to Twitter and there's, you know, hundreds of... A live stream of what's happening. There's a hashtag, like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're checking it out and seeing what's going on. And, and you're getting multiple perspectives. It's not even that you're just getting one... Per- you're getting multiple perspectives. You can see that some of the sources are reliable and others are, you know, like Deco. And, you know, what is Deco? Who yes. knows who he is? And someone else is an organization, like, or... Some, there's you know tweets from a shop that are saying right we are evacuating the shop right now everyone leave or whatever it is and fuck and sorry is this breaking news is this just happened before you <laughs> came here we're like? breaking an hour in uh, I think as far as I know it was uh, uh, some kids went in uh, supposedly with a gun I think they think it was a replica gun and tried to rob a shop and I think he was arrested fuck as far as I know 
hilarious. Yeah. There's more. Um, you d- did you see about the um, British Defence Secretary? No. No. British Defence Secretary resigned uh, uh, this evening. Um, supposedly there was um, rumours of inappropriate behaviour. Breaking news. What between him and you know his assistant? Some or kind of yeah, I think it's a kind of a you know the uh, Harvey Weinstein oh, kind okay. of a more kind of fallout, I suppose. Know what they call it from? Yes, from yes. That. I suppose it wasn't there. They were talking during the week about a list going around the House of Commons about uh, MPs that had been accused of various different things. Fuck, I'd miss that now. I wouldn't be yeah. in that loop at all. So all kinds of mad stuff going on there, but. A young lad in Blanchestown Shopping Centre, I don't think... Uh, <laughs> do you know, it shows you where my priorities are. I'm more interested in that than, do you know... The yeah, but at least you can choose, you know... Like presumably most of your the media that you consume isn't, you know, lads in Blanche doing this, that and the other. But <laughs> you know, the, the fact that you can choose your news sources and you're not just restricted to do you know, the only ones out there. Do you know, people give out about the media, but it's it's... It is there, you know, there is so much choice. And, wh- and it's almost too much choice, really. I where suppose. do you go to for the majority of your of your news, say? Well, I got off Facebook and Twitter and all them, and you were one of the first, you deleted your Facebook account, if I remember correctly. Totally, didn't you? yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Oh yeah, I had to, yeah, I had to get rid of that. Yeah. And why was that? I really didn't enjoy what it was turning me into. If you know what I mean, like I was doing things, and like one of the first things I'd want to do is to put the picture up on Facebook and see how many likes I was going to get. Yeah, and yeah, the validation. Like. And then I felt uh, that the stuff I was getting on it wasn't true at all. I remember, um, I don't know if I can say this, maybe I'll phrase it this way. There was somebody <laughs> I knew who posted about uh, uh, giving up uh, smoking. Okay. And said, oh, I've given up smoking, I'll, I'll never smoke again and that's done and whatever and I was like oh alright that's brilliant Jesus fair play and then the next time I met this person he was smoking and I was like but Facebook said that you know that he was not smoking yes and there hadn't been an update do you know there hadn't been a clarification that later I was, on that I was back smoking that this person <laughs> was back smoking <laughs> do you remember that that was uh uh, I don't. I don't really. I think I've, I've done. I've I think I did the same thing. Like I used to be a smoker or whatever, and I'd, I I remember posting that I I had given up smoking, and then whatever two days later you're back smoking. But the point is that people only put one version of themselves. Of course, out it's there. you're 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 receiving. Your people are giving, and you're therefore receiving a skewed version of reality. And that's what was what I was doing on Facebook as well. I'd put pictures up when I was happy or something cool happened or yeah, yeah. something amazing or something funny, as if this was my life the whole time. Yeah, but it wasn't. I saw. Like you never put up a picture of. Like, no one's going to put up the picture of them smoking a cigarette saying, yeah, I totally failed in that attempt to, <laughs> to give up. Ba- back in the fags two back weeks today. Fags, you know, a hashtag, you know. What's the proper hashtag for that? Smoker's rule? I don't know. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Joys of nicotine. Uh, there was a guy I used to know. It was uh, it was, it was quality. He, um, I was scrolling through Facebook one day and I came across a picture of his twins. Mm. And they were both in, the car, in their car seats, mm. strapped up, only, you know, a week or two old or so. And they were, they were clearly on his front doorstep set. Um, so he was either coming into the house or, or leaving the house. And you know what it's like leaving with a, a couple of weeks or even yeah, a month yeah. old baby with all the shit. And the, oh, so you need everything, everything, yeah, else. bags and bags and bags. This was his first kid and it happened to be twins. 
and Oof. the two faces on the kids they were bright red because they were both fucking screaming <laughs> absolutely and the, you know the hands were out and the yeah, fingers yeah, outstretched yeah. and they were both fucking going at it yeah. and he took a picture and put it up on Facebook and it was fucking brilliant yeah. because it was it, it wasn't the happy happy exactly side, yeah. and the, the the complete opposite but the reason that he put it up there was for that exact purpose yeah, like, yeah. Like, I know I, to put some kind of reality out there of course because any yeah. photo that's gone up of Fionn say you know you it's never one when he when he looks. When I don't want to use the word, but when he when he looks stupid or when he's doing something, you know, that yeah. makes him look like he's a, yeah. a terrible person or something. It's always <laughs> yeah. when but you know the hair the, is slicked back. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, he's, and, he's not and, ripping the head off a you know innocent puppy or exactly. <laughs> we do the same ourselves. Yeah, like of you, course. You never yeah, yeah. you never put up a photo which are you know your belly hanging out over your jeans. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, yeah. You and sure, what we do mess. now is we take multiple photos and then you look for the best one. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. So you get rid of the one where you're whatever you're you were dribbling or your <laughs> your belly is hanging out or whatever it is and you don't uh so I, I i think on facebook or whatever there's no kind of reality and then the other issue for me was that whole uh, you're probably aware of that idea of 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 a kind of a uh, do you know an echo chamber yeah yeah and i think there was a something was in the news about i think uh abortion or, or something like that that was in the news okay and there was a few debates going on about abortion and it just came to me that everyone's view that I was reading was exactly the same as my own view. Mm. Kel Supri. And uh, I was like, oh, why? And I just kept I kept feeling, oh, I'm so right. Everyone <laughs> everyone agrees with me. I must be just so right. And I was like, oh, hang on. It's all my mates who are all around the same age as me and they're all whatever. And, yeah. And they're all, you know, the same lefty whatever as I am. And that's why they're, they're all, you know, they're they've all got the correct view just like i have the correct view yeah the cool view right now and that's why i'm not being challenged on any of these opinions at all yeah and in fact it's dangerous that i just feel that i'm so right so instead of getting you know the opposite point of view which would be interesting um you're just getting your own view back back to you no of course yeah absolutely and that kind of drove me up the wall. And the last straw was then, you know, it's kind of harsh to say it again. I feel very cold, but do you know pictures of 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 kids? Is that is that really bad? Do you know like repeated, you know, never-ending pictures of people's kids? Do you know, over and over and over and over. Do you know the people that like put up? Oh yeah, know, no, three, four, or five, six pictures a day updates with you know. Oh, he's eating. This is so cute. Oh, he's. Do you know that? Yeah, that we we got a bit of wind up, and you know, a bit of sick, and you know, we're just going to the shop now, and thumbs yeah, up, and yeah. oh, sleepy time, and you know, you know, six or seven a day. I f- I feel cold, like saying that I did not. No, want no, to no, be a no it's all good. Do like, you know? I'd I'd love to see one picture. Well, listen, I I I'll, I'll heat you up a little. I just blanket unfollow everybody. Literally everyone that I know, unless you're, unless you know you're a competitive fighter or you're, you know, unless you're, unless you're actually involved in something that I'm actively interested in, fucking forget about it. You're gone. Any, any hint of oh, just had a bad day at work. You're gone. Oh, do you remember? Oh, you're just reminding me. Fuck no, 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 no. The mysterious Facebook posts. The ones where they say, what is it? Oh, they put up something really mysterious that's cryptic. And at the start, I thought they, they wanted you to kind of try and figure it out. Yeah. But they don't. 
they just want your attention. They just want uh, they want someone to say, what is it? Uh, uh, PM me later, hun. Do you know those ones? <laughs> the ones where they put up things like, um, oh, why is everyone, you know, why do your friends sometimes let you down so bad? Do you know those kind of posts? Yeah, yeah, like, no, absolutely, yeah. What do you tell? Like, you see, the, it's it's people's it's people's mental health issues yeah. laid bare a lot of the time. Yeah, it's their, like their needs and their. And it's, I I just don't think it's a, it's an it's a pretty place. But I gather it's kind of changed since when I was on it. And my wife tells me anyway that uh, there's a lot of kind of like uh, uh, it's been commercialized. Like there's a lot of buying and selling of of things. And there's oh, uh, it, Facebook to me is a great resource. Yeah, I I love it. Like I'm I'm really yeah. won't be on it all the time, but um it. It's a tool. It's like anything mm. else. Like, like you're you're a fan of YouTube, yeah, uh, by all accounts. But I could equally like, you might have a, a low opinion, say of um, of Facebook, but I could equally just turn around to you and go, fucking YouTube, like you know, yeah. cat videos and people falling over True. and hurting themselves. True, so that's bullshit. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you're right. That is bullshit. But that's yeah. not what I fucking use it for. And Facebook's the same. Like, yeah. Um, I find I find Facebook fantastic. For for all sorts of different things, just following different people, seeing what they put up, and um, keeping in touch with people, you're only ever really uh, a search of someone that you went to school with name away from yeah. being able to send them a message, no matter where they are in the world. Yeah. Things like that can be. I used to like that cool. that facet of it, like you know, making contact with with pe- you know people you haven't seen, as you say, from since school mm. or family that were abroad or whatever. That was always very good. Um, but I think even something like WhatsApp now can can really do that because anyone, do you know any phone number that you have in your phone? Yeah. When when that person gets WhatsApp or whatever, suddenly then they appear and they're only a a, a click away. Then yeah, well, I, look, I w- I would use WhatsApp a hell of a lot more than I would use Facebook, yeah. say. And the you know like the groups and stuff is very very good. Like. Don't do groups. No. Yeah, I am Fran. I don't do groups, McKeown. I can't. If I could find a group of people that would use the group for what the group was for, then yes. I, there's some hope of me staying. I, I like those specific ones. No, it's, you know, there's a whatever a stag do or there's a party or something and then there's a, a WhatsApp about it and they put all the details and whatever you need and there's a bit of chat and then afterwards there's a photo or two. I like that. It's targeted. It's focused. It's Yeah. Can't do it. I don't know. No. I don't know what it is about it. this it always degenerates into oh yeah. hey whoa you know you yeah. would say that wouldn't you and you're like fucking fuck off yeah, yeah. or then when <laughs> do you know when when sometimes they blow up don't they there's like a, there's a, a time of the evening and everyone is obviously home from work or something and they they course, all start yeah, chatting yeah, and your yeah. phone is going 90 and you're trying to do something it's like oh would you just and it's the one group that's just kicking off at the moment for whatever reason the the scary thing about the echo chambers that you mentioned though is the the power I suppose the likes of I suppose particularly Facebook has, and like you, you probably heard the the I suppose the insinuations or accusations made towards Russia in their meddling with the U.S. election, mm. and how you know fake Twitter accounts and robotic Twitter accounts even yeah. can rile crowds and can you know. I suppose turn public opinion. I suppose mm. like even even you you were saying there that on let's say whether it was abortion or pick any uh, other topic or doesn't have to be a polarizing topic like like abortion. But if all you're hearing is the same stuff because you're only liking the, the kind of the same stuff mm. that your friends are liking, that's one thing. But 
Facebook taking it upon themselves to to, to steer order you, you know, left or right on a particular yeah. issue, say. Yeah. Like, you're so easily... And they can totally do that. They of course totally they can. Do of course they can. That was one of the things I noticed towards the end that maybe, as you say, maybe I was just using it wrong and there's probably settings that I could have changed. But I noticed that, you know, I thought that when I was updating my feed, I would get every single thing from everything in chronological order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not true no at all. <laughs> I started thinking, I actually missed that. Why, why did I... I looked through everything, but I didn't see it. Because they had, whatever, for whatever reason, they probably thought I didn't click into it enough, or I, I didn't, maybe I didn't want to see this person, or whatever. Yeah. But they had decided for me was the point. Of course, yeah. And absolutely. I remember totally going, oh, I actually might have wanted to see that. And I missed something important, I think, because of it. Couldn't yeah. have been that important if it was on bloody Facebook, though, at the same time. But, uh, yeah, th- those kind of things, they can be very, very powerful. Massively so. Like, mm. the, the example I give to people is how um, how tailored supermarkets are. Mm. Okay, are you familiar with what the, the little tricks that they use to kind oh, of guide the, you around a supermarket? Like the beer and the nappies, that one. Being at opposite ends. No, supposedly the, you you have to put the beer and the, supposedly now, this is one of the things you hear that the beer and the nappies if they're beside each other. Okay. Supposedly the beer sells really really well. The nappies remain the same, but the beer sales go up. And the idea is that dad comes over again stereotyping. Of course, yeah. Dad comes over and he says, "Oh God, I have to buy the nappies. Bloody kids, can't believe it!" And he turns around <laughs> and sees the beer and goes, "Oh, beer! <laughs> Do you know what? I deserve one of these. I deserve a beer." Yeah, supposedly they do that I'd I haven't heard that one but yeah listen I wouldn't put it past the cons no it sure why would, but then if you're running a supermarket and that's going to give you a 20% increase in your beer sales do it yeah but you see this is what Facebook would say yeah do you know the kind of way we yeah. steer people this way they yeah. end up spending more on this we get more yeah. ad revenue etc etc yeah. but when you I suppose that the supermarket examples are a bit more tangible mm. because the, the online ones are kind of hard for people to kind of wrap their head around mm. so what were the other supermarket examples Oh fuck! Um, About steering your end. Well, tile size is one that I remember. Oh. So let's say that the tiles in in your local supermarket are um, a foot square, say. Mm-hmm. They'll be nine inches square on a aisle with high value products. So as you're going along with your trolley, da-dum, 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 it fucking slows you down. <laughs> <laughs> Honest don't believe Honest That's a fuck. good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll work. Do you know any like if if you're in an, maybe an Aldi or a Lidl or a Tesco, think your local supermarket, is there a, a barrier before you get into the shop? Do you have to like wait for a door to open or anything like that? Yeah, see there there wouldn't be and then you're thinking on the way out then they try and slow you down as much as possible to make well, it impossible to exit. On the way in they slow you down. Now, there, there wouldn't be barriers on all s- supermarkets cause, because of the layout it doesn't allow mm. for them. But Wherever they can put a barrier at the entrance to a shopping centre, they do. Or not a shopping centre, say, a supermarket. Oh, what's the thinking there? To break your stride. Yeah. So you, when I, let's say, I do my shopping in, in Aldi, say. So I'll go in, pack up, and because I'm, I'm kind of a man, I have my bags to hand, I'm going in for what I wanted to buy, and yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get out of there fucking fast enough. Yeah. And I walk over at my usual pace to get to the door, and I'm standing there going, fucking open. And it then opens, they open. And yeah. I get in. Now, that's not... Because the sensor isn't advanced oh, enough to I open like it, it I and like I can it. fucking stroll so they in. Have, like, yeah, you do have to do that. You do have to pause. I'm thinking of the little in, in, and in that, trim. Yeah. It breaks your stride. And that, that's there does, for yeah. that specific reason. And again, Facebook and Twitter and all these other things are the exact same. Mm. The, the spacing between the letters, the spacing between the paragraphs, what's left or right of your visual field. Mm. That's all 
uh, that's all there for a very, very, very specific reason. Yeah. Like. I have a friend of mine actually who works on that. I forget what what they call that field, but he works on like the presentation of the websites. Yeah. And you know, uh, checking out cart abandonment rate and stuff like that. Yes. Do you know, like the, how, what percentage of people put stuff in a cart to buy it? Yeah, they get ninety percent of the way and then bail and out then for whatever reason. And then they bail out. And he's trying to figure out why. And again, if something experimenting, like if you put it on the right, if you change the font, if you make it bigger, kind of online marketing, or I'm not sure what you'd call it, something. It's a whole again. It's a whole new possibility. A whole new. Oh, it's an industry. A whole it's new an world there. Yeah. An online world, yeah. Um, that the digital natives coming up will hopefully uh, be able for maybe. It's mad because the you you can't help but be affected by this. Like mm. knowing about it is no antidote to it. Oh, of course not. Do you, do you, know, know, do you know the worst thing to be online sometimes? And I look up stuff on uh, what's that website? Uh, I can think of the logo, but I can't. Pinterest. Okay. Do you know Pinterest? Yeah. So it's quite Photo good. Photo like, sharing type thing. Yeah, basically any kind of creative project okay. that you've got going on, you know, they'd sell this idea of, of, of creativity. So if you are thinking, oh, I'm going to build a polytunnel for whatever, or I'm going to um, paint a picture, or I'm going to write a poem, or I'm going to uh, brew a mad beer or whatever it is, put it in there and they'll come up with like inspiration for you. Uh, loads of different photos of what other people have done. Right. This is the wrong website now I'm thinking of. No, it isn't. And then when you click into whatever, uh, down the bottom you'll get a load of uh, um, ads. So you read through whatever it is and then you get all the ads down the bottom. And I know they're ads. And they're clearly ads. Yeah. But every now and again, <laughs> one of them will get you. And yeah. I, it's, you know, it's, you've seen them. They're really stupid ones down the bottom and it's like, oh... They've got some kind of clever computer algorithm that figures out where you are and then they put a name of somewhere close to you into the thing. Yeah. So they'll say, this Navin man has figured out how to make a million from home. Have you seen those ones? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, they speak to you specifically, literally. And say, yeah, and they'll say, uh, you know, this uh, new GPS tracking device for cars is blowing up in Dundalk. Yeah, yeah. And, you're kind of, you're looking at, and I know their ads. I totally know their ads. And I I know where they are, and I say I'm never gonna, you know. Obviously, they're at, every now and again one of them would get me, and I I'd say, oh, I want to know what this thing is, and you're clicking it, and it's just an ad, and you're looking at it, it's just an ad, and you're like, oh, I knew it was an ad. <laughs> Why did I think it wasn't an ad? They do, yeah. And the, the knowledge of their presence is no inoculation to 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 actually doing it. Like, no, no falling for it. None whatsoever. And the, it's great in a sense because, like, let's say if you've spent the evening, you know, researching. I don't know, fucking... You're building a new chicken coop, say. Mm. Um, they love chicken coops on Pinterest, by the way. Really? Go on, anyway, <laughs> love them. But you're, you're Googling different things, and without you realising it, there's a an ad for a cordless fucking DeWalt drill, and you're like, fuck, I was using that piece of shit out there earlier. I could do with a new mm. DeWalt drill. Do you know what I know? Yeah. So based on Can your I just say that DeWalt are my favourite brand of drills? <laughs> and uh, I really enjoy their, their hammer action uh, <laughs> drills are, are amongst my favourites. And that that's another curse as well, I think, on the internet. Scourge, say, is... Um, is the... Selling on behalf of other people. Mm. So it's, it's a real kind of sneaky sell, as if as if I was getting paid by Dewalt, say, just dropping shit in there. But I think what, what was that company called again? Is, is, what Dewalt, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Spelled uh, D. Uh, they make W-A-L-T. amazing drills. I think. Yes, yes, very, all, very all handy. sorts of power tools. Yeah. 
<laughs> available in cordless and corded. But I think I think there's actually laws in Ireland that say that if you do do something like that, that you actually have to say that it's an ad. Yeah, but you have to do that ridiculous thing where you have to put PP somewhere on the do you What's know PP product placement. That okay. kind of idea. So they do that. You know, um, Fair City is a famous example. Recently, they've got in the actual soap Fair City. There's a spar. Okay. And it's not just like the shop where people go to, you know, anonymous shop. It is spar. Right. And they talk, you know, they always say, let's go to spar. And they go to spar. And how do they get around the... They put PP the at the start when the credits are, are rolling. PP, product placement. There's product placement in this thing. And there's a spar. And, and I'm sure that's fine. It funds the thing or whatever. And but how deep does that go? Like, I mean, are they wearing, you know, Nike t-shirts and Adidas? I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't around? actually watch Fair City. <laughs> Shock. But I have I have seen the spar in it, and uh, I'm not sure how they how they do that. I wonder how how hard they go. I presume they don't go too hard because it would just become crazy if well, they kept that, going on a bit. What was that movie? Was it the Truman Show? Yeah. That was the same. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you, and I think, do the likes of the Kardashians and like the, the big, big shows, do they all have an element of that? Like that you can buy, you know, their wine decanter and their corkscrew yeah, and their whatever, fucking yeah. God knows what. Like. I don't know, X Factor, I think, do it a lot as well. They have whatever they're drinking and it's always very clear what they're drinking. It's not, oh, course, they're drinking... Yeah they're having a drink it's oh they're taking more or whatever and it's in every, nearly every shot reminds me of that famous um, the famous Nazi movie um, the what was it the Lenny Riefenstahl one um, Triumph of the Will uh, I don't know if you've seen that but it's a no. uh, kind of a it's weird it's, it's like is it a documentary or is it a basically this uh, a German uh, female film director makes this uh, kind of film for Hitler which basically uh it it documents the one of the Nuremberg rallies. I think it's okay. thirty six maybe, and uh, it's an amazing movie. Like it's you're just looking at it going wow, and it's it's crazy. It's got like Hitler descending from the clouds in a plane at the start, like a Jesus figure, and but it's got really heavy use of that kind of product placement idea. The swastika is everywhere. Yes, I think they say there's not. I think the most they go without a swastika is like seven seconds oh, movie, right. without seeing a swastika somewhere and it's just this kind of repetition of Nazi power, 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 power and it's a really early example of, of the kind of mad product placement stuff but the, the propaganda kind of started all this didn't it? Yeah. in a sense do you know that kind of way like convincing people of you know convincing someone that something is evil or something is good. Yeah, that kind of... Yeah. That kind of morphed into advertising to a certain degree. I suppose it probably would have, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, an early, it's, a, it's a form of advertising. A precursor yeah. to advertising, I suppose. Propaganda. Yeah. There's the dog sounding to wrap up, I think. Yeah, it might well be, yeah. <laughs> Listen, brother, we call it a, a night at that. Yeah, no Thanks problem a million for coming over to me. Absolute pleasure. Um, and we might do it again. Yeah, When we're not as yeah. nervous and we fucking felt it out a little bit. And exactly, yeah, yeah. It sounds it. like a plan, yeah. We've done it before. Listen, absolute, absolute pleasure. pleasure, brother. Take a hand Cheers. of your luck. Be good.